Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Zone 607, the podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I am your host, Mike C., back at it again this hot, hot third week of July. We're all melting here in the studio. We're melting on the East Coast. It's ridiculous. But before we talk too much about that and all the horror movie news, I got a little somebody I want to introduce to you guys. Saved by the Bell is the true story of his life everybody put your hands together and give a warm welcome to rich uh so which character am i because i'm not quite sure all of them oh a little bit of everybody every that is the story of your life i feel like i i feel like i feel like right now i feel like jesse from the caffeine pill episode you know uh, that's what you yeah. remind me of right now. Yeah, right now I feel that way. I need to get. Some, I need more energy. But I mean, I'll go along here on the show. You're I feel so like, excited. I feel You're like so there's, excited. There's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. You know what I'm most excited about? Our new logo. That's yes. the biggest news in horror and horror news this week is our new logo. I'm sure everybody has seen it because it is now our logo on uh, Facebook and Twitter. It's a good logo. Yeah, it is. You surprised me with that one. Yeah, my wife made that. Yeah, so. she made her first one, too. Yeah, she's my wife does a lot of the logos for all of 8122 Productions. Yeah. But that one was very surprising, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not even going to bury the lead. Pretty soon that will be available in shirt form and sticker and decal form for uh, our fans. I can't wait to see those. Yeah, I can't wait to, I can't p- wait to put them together, but yeah. so I'll, I'll wear it everywhere. The, we got the, we got the uh, hockey mask horror zone 607 uh logo which will be on we'll smear it all over everything like i'm gene simmons mm. that's that's what i feel like I, i'm gonna just be g i'm gonna become the gene simmons of podcasting uh, that's a goal yeah it is a goal. that's a legitimate goal i know i know Attainable. And, and uh at the end of this i have to uh, I, i'm gonna tease something because i i love doing that as we know at the end when i do my little spiel here when i tell everybody how to find us and where to hook up with us i have a very special announcement this week because uh they'll be hearing special music this week oh uh, so we'll talk about that at the break though i don't even know about that i know we'll talk about that at the break i'm i'm anxious i'm very very anxious to hear yes about this. yes 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 all right. Well, we'll jump in with some news. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest news isn't it, the real life horror is the heat oh, that yeah, we're dealing yeah. with here in the East Coast. And now, and now the rain that's uh, left over from uh, the hurricane—it's coming. And uh, actually, it's been flooding. Uh, we're having flash floods in our area. Of course, we are from the 607, the Binghamton, New York area, specifically. And we've had some flash flooding today. It kept Mike from getting to the studio on time. Uh, yeah. Streets are shut down. Underpasses are flooding. Uh, I do know that uh, I, I saw pictures that over in the Town Square Mall here, uh, Sam's Club parking lot is flooded. There's cars like up to like the undercarriage. So I told Dino to get out there and uh, throw his vehicle out there and because save people because he's got a truck so he can make it through it. But not only to save people, but also to plug the fact that we clean cars. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and by Dino, for those of you that don't know who Dino is, we're talking about Dino Martone, owner of Rex to Rods. That's right. Yeah. You know, sponsor of 8122 Productions. They're going a long time. Here, so, so. And a good friend. And a, good, and a great friend. So, yeah. So, I, I, I would try to get him to, to plug some more stuff. So, yeah. And then, of course, we're really staring down the barrel because the, the nationwide heat wave starts Friday. Yeah. Friday and Saturday. It's everybody excited. Everybody in the nation here, if you live in the United States, you guys are got to hunker down because it's... It's, it's going to get quite hot. It's going to be a little toasty. Yeah. So. It's okay. You know, so deodorant that, is all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Stay Maybe not. The, stay in the AC. That's all I'm going to tell you guys this weekend. I mean, I, I unfortunately have to go into work, but I think we're going in super early because uh, we I deal in being outside for part of my day. So everybody was like, let's just go in at like five o'clock in the morning. Probably. So that smart. way we can be done by like noon, one o'clock latest. So that way we're not exposing ourselves too long. My understanding is that's how Texas deals with work. Yeah. I'm pretty. So. I, 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 I would. I would. I would definitely do that if I was in the hot climate. So oh, yeah. I'm just telling everybody, stay hydrated, stay cool. And and you know what? If you're listening to us, maybe you're listening to us during the heat wave. If you're not listening during us during the heat wave, you're listening to us before, go ahead and uh, get some advice from what we're going to talk about today. And maybe you can watch some of the stuff we're going to talk about and uh, be involved in stuff. Or, you know, you can always write to us and everything else. Or you can just keep listening to a bunch of our old ep- episodes as well because we're very entertaining. We are. I like so, to think that we are. So stay cool and listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Self, self-plugging. self And our friends. You can also listen to my other podcast, Three Fat Nerds. You can also listen to 3, 3FN Wrestling. They're both on the same channel, the Three Fat Nerds channel. You can find that anywhere podcasts are found by typing in Three Fat Nerds. You can also listen to our friends over to the ODPH. We've talked about them before. So just, you know, touch in Ocho Duro. And it's actually the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. But you can per- type in Ocho Duro. And it usually takes you to where you need to be. Listen to them over there. We got some friends over at uh, Cinema Obscura. You can check those guys out. And I, I, there's too many to list. Just check out our Twitter page uh, at, at HorrorZone607. And trust me, if we follow a podcast, we, we pretty much are saying, hey, go ahead and, and check those guys out yeah. as well. So listen to start, all of us during the heat wave and yeah, stay cool. And we're going to start uh, giving shout outs on air in yeah, the future. Yeah. Uh, these other uh, podcasts and Twitter have been doing the same thing for us. And uh, I think we're going to start doing the same thing yeah, for why them. Not? So there you go. So I, we, I started those shout outs today. So I mean, we've talked about them before, but of course, self serving to myself, three fat nerds, of course course go ahead and find that out and you can also find three fat nerd stuff at 8122productions.com i know i'm doing the little spiel early but you can stream and download them from there as well self-serving because then you can go there for your horizon 607 fix too as well because that's our website 8122productions that and you can find my uh, wonderful reviews yes absolutely wow i'm going in early so how about we get to the news because now we're just like plugging ourselves in the news (laughs) let's do it so uh, a lot of little things this week but uh, the biggest piece of news i i have for you guys this week if you haven't seen it already if if you've been living under a rock, there's a little movie coming out by a certain gentleman by the name, if we can call him a gentleman. I don't really know if we can call him that, but his name is Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, the sequel I to... I think he identifies as a gentleman. I believe so. I believe so. I think he, he seems like a nice guy. Yes. A nice is. lad. Uh, so uh, his sequel, as you all know, is coming out for The Devil's Rejects called Three from Hell. We had only gotten a teaser up to this point. Well, the full trailer hit finally this oh, week. Yeah. And it was everything we thought it would be. It is all sorts of effed up. Yeah. like, uh, And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean in a good way. Because from the mind of Rob Zombie, we get a lot of effed up ideas. And man, 
did that trailer deliver and got me excited. Yeah, me too. Um, my biggest concern is between little things that I've read, and it's all just rumored things and, and uh, assumptions on people's part, but um, they're kind of making it sound like Sid Haig isn't really going to be playing as big a role. He's in the trailer. Obviously, he's in the movie, but it seems like Richard Brake, who's been in a lot of other Rob Zombie movies, 31, Halloween 2, uh, it seems kind of like he's going to be joining the crew. And I was going to say, but spoiler alert, I mean, he did kind of die in the last movie. But they all did. I know. But they didn't. Yes, I know. That's the crazy part. That's why I'm like, you know. The devil wouldn't have them. The devil rejected them. He did. Hence the real devil's rejects. Yes. Yeah, bam. And then they're and then because they're back, they're three from hell. Hey, see what he did no. there? It's not just a clever name, guys. Yowie wowie. Yowie wowies. Wow. And he's back on Raw, another horror news. Bray Wyatt is returning. Bray Wyatt is back. Actually, no. The Fiend. <laughs> the Fiend. But the yes, fiend. So Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are one and the same. You know what? I don't do the wrestling thing on this show. I know you do on your show. That's that's news. That yeah, is horror that is movie news right there because that is the most terrifying character I've ever seen. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's news. Well, that's why I said pointed out. I pointed that out because well, also the mask was made by Tom Savini's team. Yes. So therefore, it is his crossover. So I think we did. I don't think we talked about that on the show. Maybe. But yeah, Tom Savini made the mask. So if you guys are wrestling and horror fans like I am, once again, self-serving, you can listen to 3FN Wrestling on the 3FN Nerds podcast. <laughs> or, or better yet, you can just uh, be thankful Bray Wyatt's back. So there's I'm, our little self-serving there. And uh, going back to 3 from Hell, I'm, I'm super stoked to see it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm even going to be looking in this Friday to see if I can be, we can go to an event. See if one of the events is going to be close by to us so we can maybe make the pilgrimage and see this thing in a theater along with whatever bonus from that day. Yeah, you know, I remember um, the first one, for, for folks here in Binghamton, it was in what used to be called the Art Theater, which burned to the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But it was, you know, it was limited release, and I waited till it came out on video to uh, to see it. Um, the Devil's Rejects, I don't remember if that had a limited release or not, but I remember seeing it up in the uh, Syracuse, the, the massive mall up in Syracuse, once known as the Carousel Mall, now known as Destiny USA. I uh, went with a girl that I was dating at the time in the middle of the afternoon, and it was us and some creepy old man in the theater. So I was lucky enough to see that one in theaters. This one's getting a limited release, too, as we talked about last Absolutely. week. Um, from the trailer... Considering that it's going to be quick to video, my concern is that it's going to be more like 31 and it's going to be a little bit more low budget, which is saying something considering what the other two movies in the series were like. I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit more like Devil's Rejects. Uh, He said it's going to be different than the other two movies. The other being House of a Thousand Corpses, of course. Well, yeah, because this is technically the third part of a trilogy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I kind of hope that it's more like those and less like 31 i really did not like 31 of all his movies that's the one i well 31 isn't the same universe i don't know i don't think this is going to be like 31 i think this is going to be just fine uh i like i said i'm I'm pumped to see it if there is one of the events for that weekend like we covered last week and bias which friday we'll know because that's when everything is getting released is this friday Mm -hmm. uh, as far as that information uh then i am probably gonna you know barring how much money it costs i mean i'm sure it's going to be reasonable the same price as a movie ticket probably i'm going to try to go see that I mean, if you're with me on that, it's I'm fine. If not, I'll drag somebody. If it's else. not here in Binghamton, I'll go to Syracuse to see it. Yeah, That's I mean, we did I, when... I feel like I feel like we'll either have to go to Syracuse or Ithaca. Yeah, I've made the trip up to, to well for that, and um, I also made the trip up to uh, Syracuse ten years ago when um, My Bloody Valentine came out. I think it was playing here, but not in 3D. And Luke, Rafe, uh, and Luke's ex-wife, um, the. the those three and myself drove up to Syracuse on Friday night to see that, and it was it was worth it. Yeah. So I'm all for that. Yeah, I'd be yeah, fine I've, with done, that. I've done stuff like that before. I went up there to see uh, actually Rob Zombie's Halloween two up there. Oh, in Syracuse, because it was not being released here. 
Halloween, really? yeah, Halloween two did not get released. Or the Rob Zombie's version of Halloween two did not get released. I saw it here in the Binghamton area. I saw it here. Yeah, it did. It didn't get released opening weekend here though. Oh, it gotcha. was after. So I wanted to see it opening weekend. So I went I up see. there and saw that and Final Destination because they came out on the same day. Which one? Uh, the Final Destination. Seventeen. Yeah, the Final Destination. Ah. The one that was just titled The Final Destination. So so the, so not the last one. Not the one that was supposed <laughs> to be the last one, but not the last one, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. So last week, uh, we, we, we do everything on this show. We even talk about realty on this show. Last week, we talked about how the Halloween 4 house out in Salt Lake City is currently on the market, and you can buy it for the low price of about $850,000. Uh, well, another house, we missed it. I guess we weren't realtors at that point. Uh, there was another one that was on the market, and it was not the one from the movie, but the real New Hampshire home that The Conjuring was based on, the first Conjuring movie. Um, so the Perron house, uh, or Perron house, excuse me. Um, so that was on the market, and it sold recently. And uh, the new owners are actually going to be making this a a place you can visit, a place that you can spend the night in. It's like creepy bed and breakfast. That's yeah. what they're kind of doing, and I think that is phenomenal. I think, Mike, you should go there. I would love to. If it's not that <laughs> far away, I would make or, that, that or journey. I, I think we should make Derek go from the Three Fat Nerds podcast because he's scared of everything and stay the night in a real haunted house. We would have to tell him that we're going to, like, Legoland or something. No, of course. We're not going to tell him the truth. We're not even going to tell him what it's about until after we're walking in the door because I'm right. assuming they'll have things hanging on the wall. Yeah. But yeah, we're stopping here. This is a brewery, Derek. This is a brewery. This is this is where we're staying the night. We're staying at a bed and breakfast. That's what you tell him. Yeah. And then when he gets there and he realizes it's a haunted house, it's too late. Sure. It's too late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all for that. I'm game for that. Hey, I'm, I'm actually game to check this out. If uh, That would be definitely a road trip for me. I think this will be a pretty uh, interesting, cool thing to see and see it for myself. Uh, see if the, it's really haunted or not. Maybe the Warrens did solve the problem. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. The old owner know. said that there was like small things that they heard, but nothing. These people are already saying, oh, I'm terrified to be there, this and that. But of course, they're selling well, it already. they're also selling it as a visitor yeah. and a tourist attraction. So, of course, they're going to tell you it's horrifying. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I, the problem with this now is that I couldn't, I wouldn't trust anything that happens there. Right. Because now that you're making it an attraction, and I get it, it's a cool idea. I still want to go. I still want to see it. But I wouldn't trust anything that happens there because who's to say that they're not behind it just to kind of make that tourist dollar? Right. That, which kind of sucks in a way because I, I, I'm hoping that they would keep it, you know, as legit as possible. So if there is something really happening there, you can actually have a real experience. But unfortunately, when money's on the line and, you know, people aren't going to keep coming if there's nothing going on, it does force your hand to be like, okay. We're gonna make things happen. Well, they're gonna allow investigations with it, so we just gotta, you know, gotta blow their cover if we find something. Yeah, we just gotta kind of, uh, we gotta, we gotta pick up on uh, one of the teams. Like I said, we we know a few. I knew it was from last year's Sci-Fi Horror Fest. I met a few different paranormal teams, so maybe I'll uh, try to pal around with one of them to go up there yeah. and see if uh, we can discover anything. And just remember, Bigfoot is real. Bigfoot, yeah. How do we uh, know that? Yeah, we we know that because D- Dr. Rebecca Foster told us that because <laughs> she senses big feet. Yes. I, I say big feet because that's the pluralization of big feet. Multiple. Yeah. There's multiple. because there's she, there's big feet. she said there's not just one. You know what they say about big feet? No. Big shoes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or big socks. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so we got some news about movies that uh, began filming this week. Uh, first of all, Ghostbusters 2020. Production has begun. And we got to see the first picture from the set, too. Yeah. That, uh, I still can't put my people. finger on what's going to happen in this. It seems like it's going to be a whole different story, but... 
I don't know. Allegedly, rumor has it. This is only rumor, so don't quote me. Allegedly, people are saying that the family is shown in the first picture that they put out is actually going to be the family of Dr. Spangler, who is, of course, deceased in real life and will be deceased in this movie. Yeah. So, therefore, they're saying that this might be his family, uh, like his daughter, his son-in-law, grandkids, etc. Right. So, that way, it gives the, a good tie-in. So, of course, one of those is is Mike from Stranger Things. Yes. Yes. Finn mm-hmm. Wolfhard is going to be... I, well, I'm assuming is going to be, as you said, Spangler's uh, son. In grandson. The movie. I think grandson. grandson. Yeah, because he's young and it looks like his parents would probably be like his. Yeah, because it would oh, make okay. more sense for the grandson. Okay. Well, let's hope that's what it yeah, is. Somehow. If not, you know. just, one thing I know that they've said is it's going to be taking place kind of in a rural setting, or at least where that family lives. It's going to be a little bit weird seeing Ghostbusters outside of New York City, but I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, let's do it. Let's do, do something it different. Because if there's ghosts everywhere and there's something strange in your neighborhood, they didn't say the neighborhood had to be in New York City. No, it's just a neighborhood. Just a neighborhood. So your neighborhood could be in a rural area. And if there's something strange, who are you going to call? Well, you know. I'll tell you what. It won't be... Uh, it won't be uh, Anybody from the um, remake, especially be calling yeah. them, especially if you listen to Ernie Hudson in the original one. I've seen shit that'll make you turn white. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Well, another film uh, sequel, another sequel uh, began filming this week, and that would be A Quiet Place too. Oh, absolutely. Super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Krasinski's at it again. He's back on uh, set, and they're making the long-awaited sequel, prequel. I mean, we'll find out, because he's been tight-lipped about that. Yeah, I know it's uh, getting filmed in the same Western New York uh, location that the first one was, which yes. is cool. I love when they do that. I hate when a sequel is supposed to be in the same place, and they like film it like in South Carolina instead of Western New York. That that drives me nuts in movies. That's I'm mm-hmm. a stickler for that. And uh, I was really happy to hear that. Yeah, they're going back to the roots. They're going back to where, like I said, the, the, he's been very tight-lipped. We're not sure if this is a true sequel or if it's a prequel. Uh, as you know, that, that the original movie does pick up some time in. So mm-hmm. that means they have room to do a prequel. And he has not, he's kind of teased both, which is kind of right. funny because it's, I like that, by the way. I'm not a, I don't disapprove of a director or a writer or anybody in a, to do with a Hollywood production not giving everything away right away because I want to be surprised so as, do I. As, the, as the viewer. So I like when they're like, hey, it could be a prequel. It could be a sequel. That makes me have to think. Yeah, well, I try to avoid that news too, but I've been avoiding trailers since we've been doing this show and I've been doing my website. I don't like to look at the trailers of the big movies. Like when Halloween came out, doing the show and having to write reviews and talk about these things on the show, I've been going to see these movies and I've been the person sitting there looking like, I, like I'm scared because I got my fingers over my ears going la 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 when the trailers come on. I did that for Halloween. I've done that. I, I believe I did it for us. Uh, I did it for several of them and I just don't want to see anything with them. See, Mike, I have the opposite because we do all these shows. I watch all these trailers so I can report this to everybody that we That's have. what you're here for, I buddy. know, I know. And I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't want to be... I don't, I don't care about... I've lost my allure of being surprised in any movie anymore. Yeah. I can pretty much call what's going to happen in 90% of movies I see any damn way. Yeah. Just just throwing it out there. Hollywood is predictable. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And every once in a while, there is a new idea. And once again, those people usually hide their stuff in the trailer anyways. Right. Like, you can watch the trailer. Like, the trailer for us gives away uh, nothing. Right. It really doesn't. It gives away the fact that there's people in red pajamas that look just like you. That's it. They, they you know, they show the tethered. That was all that really that trailer gave away. So you didn't have to worry about seeing the trailer because that movie was completely different right. from what the trailer showed any damn way. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of the fact that we knew that the family was haunt- hunted by their doppelgangers. But then, we, then, you know, when you watch the movie, you find out it's not just their doppelgangers. It's everybody has. Right. One. And, and it's hands across America. 
<laughs> continuing on with the news, though. Yeah. Before we continue to spoil a movie that just came out on DVD and Blu-ray. Right. Well, in uh, in more uh, what what we thought was another movie that was going to be going into production here soon, and it turns out that it's not. Happy Death Day three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How funny is that? We share a post from Bloody Disgusting, who's trusted. I'm not saying this is anything on them because basically they're going with what they're here, and it's like, hey, we're they're developing Happy Death Day three. And then the very next day, it's like, hey, you know what we talked about well, yesterday? Not you know, so much. Actually, uh, I'm going to correct that. Um, the post that I put up on Facebook and the post where I saw it, where it was all coming from, was actually on arrowinthehead.com. And I was a little bit leery to put it up on our Facebook page when it said that it was in production because Bloody Disgusting hadn't reported anything yet. It was Bloody that reported earlier um, you know, this today uh, that it was actually not going to be, that it was a it was a false rumor that was going around. So, yeah, Bloody actually, they didn't post anything about it they were the ones that actually came out and retracted the report and said hey stop stop uh, posting this stuff it's not true well here's the other here's the other take that i take on it sometimes you get uh once again happy death day to you underperformed according to the studio so that is a problem uh, so that's why it was going to be weird if they would have gotten a third. But and it grossed over sixty million dollars on a nine nine million dollar budget. Yeah, it just but, didn't make one hundred twenty five million like the first one. But still, you know, when massively you're talk, profitable. I, but though. once again, I just like I said, it has nothing to do with us or them. It's the studio. Yeah. And here's the other thing: I think that sometimes when those news reports come out, I don't think that they're necessarily always false because every every rumor, not every rumor, but a lot of rumors are, are have a kernel of truth, and especially in Hollywood, because what they do is they put something out there. And then they go, hmm, let's see who bites on this. And let's see if there's an excitement behind it. Right. If there's an excitement behind it, it can sway them. Yeah. And that's and, and in the case of this, maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe that's not what they were doing. Either way, you know, it, it, it sucks that it's not happening. Yeah, it really does. And right from straight from Blumhouse, uh, the retraction came. Well, I shouldn't say retraction because it wasn't a retraction, but the refused, where they refuted the uh, rumor. Um, Christopher Landon, who directed both of the movies, um, actually came out and let the world know that uh, there was not going to be a, any third installment coming at least anytime soon uh, he was quoted as saying since I keep reading stuff about it I'll say it loud there is no happy death day 3 in development it is just a rumor unless Netflix wants to pony up and finish this trilogy it just ain't happening broke my heart to read that well here's the other thing he kind of said the magic word there unless Netflix, Netflix wants to <laughs> pony up which you never know Netflix might go hey we're ponying up like it could be once again so it may be gives what I said a, a credence. Sometimes they do stuff out there to see if it's going to get enough attention. Maybe this didn't get a ton of attention, but it got enough attention that now he's saying, hey, Netflix. Because why would you name Netflix? Why wouldn't you just say if the studio wanted to pick it up or right. if, if if a streaming site would have wanted to pick it up because there's a million and a half of them anyways. Right. He specifically said Netflix. So and that tells me that they're trying to sell this idea to Netflix. That's what that tells me, just in his own press or at release. At least dangling it out there, or trying least, to get their yeah, ear. Trying to, trying to see, hey, let's see if, if, if we got their attention. Because mm -hmm. why would you just mention, why would you mention Netflix by name? And I'm not, once again, this is not a conspiracy. I don't think it's going to necessarily happen. But I, that's how that shit happens, man. Yeah. Like, think about it. There's a ton of streaming services. They could have said a streaming service. They could have said, you know, because Shutter's out there making movies right now and doing movies up. Uh, Amazon's making movies. Netflix is making movies. Of course, Disney owns Hulu and Disney makes movies. I mean, not saying that they're going to be making a horror movie anytime soon, but you never know. The mouse might get into that avenue as well because yeah. they do own the 20, 21st uh, Century Fox, which uh, 20th Century Fox, sorry, which is, you know, done Alien a bunch of all rated movies. Yeah. 
So you never know. But, I don't know. I hope it gets made. I know originally they've been very clear about it. It was something that they envisioned as a trilogy. They had a third film all ready to go. Like, you know, the idea anyway, ready to go. They even teased it at the end of the second movie where it was going to be going. You know, the second movie was not a horror movie, and I think that's what its undoing was because the word got out there quick that it was different. It wasn't a slasher movie like the first one. I enjoyed it. It was so much fun, though. It was so much fun. It might have been, it was just as enjoyable as the first one. It just didn't have the slasher element to it. Quite honestly, and mind you, I'm a slasher fan, so I do like the first one a lot. Oh, but I, I enjoyed the second one better. It was, it was more entertaining. More entertaining. It Listen, was a, the first one I enjoyed as a horror movie where there's a slasher element. And it, it was kind of like Groundhog, Groundhog's Day meets a slasher flick. So right. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I like. If you ask me which one I like better, I do like the first one better. Right. Like it's a better movie. The second one, however, was just more entertaining. It I was, was more entertaining. entertaining. It was funnier the whole time. I was super entertained. Couldn't wait to see more. It Same was crazy. Here. It was an amazing uh, experience. I love horror comedies too. Yeah. Dark comedies are some of my favorite things on the planet, and that was definitely a comedy and it was so good yeah, yeah it was great so I'd love to see where a third one could go maybe they would go back more of the slasher route maybe they would try to mix it perfectly where you'd have half and half and that would be kind of a cool concept so I'd like to see it yeah well what would you guys like to see sitting at home uh, we want to know do you guys want to see a third happy death day would you like to spend the night in the conjuring house or how do you feel about the trailer for Rob Zombie's 3 from hell that and so much more we would like to hear from you of course you can find us on Facebook HorrorZone607 remember to like that page if you do already like it thank you so much but would you mind rate reviewing and sharing that page so you can help help us spread our agenda here at horror zone 607 also you can find us on twitter at horror zone 607 and for all of our social medias to join our conversation so we know that you're talking to us use the hashtag hz607 uh, with that, also, you can find all of our shows. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier and everything else to do with 8122 Productions. You can find it at 8122productions.com. Uh, while you're there, you can stream and download our shows, check out Mike's reviews, and also check out my other stuff for the Three Fat Nerds and stuff that we do as well. And pretty soon, there probably will be a link on our Facebook or website or whatever to get a horror zone 607 shirt so you can uh check those out where when we get those when we get those made up we got the new logo and we're definitely going to move in some merch so that'll be kind of awesome as well also i teased something at the beginning and i don't want to forget about it before we go to break sure we're going to break right now so we are going to have some new music for you it is from a band called shout at the robots and shout at the robots will be playing with our friends floodlands who you hear uh our friend jimmy gazdick who was on the second episode of this show uh or first episode of the show first sorry episode, it was the first yeah. episode of the show he was on the first episode of the show and he plays in a band used to play in a band called crimson brethren and that's who you usually hear during the breaks he has a new band floodlands which we're going to be getting some of their music soon as soon as they release their lp but they are playing a show this weekend if you are live in the 607 specifically the binghamton area uh shout out the robots and floodlands will be at callahan's on main street in binghamton uh for a show saturday july 20th so we are trying to help promote that out there and get that out to the world so this show uh, both of the on both of the breaks you will hear shout out the robots so we are about to take that break when we come back we have some more horror news for you and enjoy shout out the robots and we'll be right back Yeah. 
and welcome back to the zone so we're back and we got more news to talk about uh because there's so many things to talk about in the horror world these days it seems so uh we're gonna start uh the second segment with some box office news um the big horror movie that came out this past weekend of course was crawl and about giant alligators and uh, during a hurricane. It looked interesting. It looked interesting. New concept, um, different concept. Kind of reminded me of like Jaws or Deep Blue Sea, but with alligators. Alligators. So um, it, it did all right. It made $12 million here in the U.S., 4.8 more um, internationally for a total of $16.8 million. Uh, I just saw an update and it says it's actually up to about $22 million, uh, at this point. Not bad. It had a budget of $13.5 million. But that's not that's not the big news. The big news is being very critically acclaimed. A lot of people are liking it. Yeah, a lot of the critics say that this is a is, this is a sleeper film and people should see it. I was always I've been always intrigued by the trailers for this, and I just didn't have time this weekend to go see it. So maybe this upcoming weekend I might actually go see it now that I I feel like the hype is real. Yeah, I mean it's holding an eighty five percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which currently. for a horror movie is phenomenal. But yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of people out there saying it's a breath of fresh air in the horror world where everything else looks cookie cutter and the same. That this is a different kind of movie. Like I said, I haven't seen it yet. I'm thinking about going out this weekend because i'll finally have a little bit of time uh maybe on sunday and checking that out uh because i i'm, I'm intrigued i want to see whether i want to see if it's good and like i said i was intrigued by the trailers i just was kind of more on the fence if you remember i said that i might just wait till it came out on video or or on demand but now that i'm hearing some good feedback from it i might just say hey to hell with it and just go see it yeah you know because it looks like i said it looks like a good movie Maybe you'll get a review out of you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Actually, on Saturday, I might even, if I don't have to work on Saturday, maybe on Saturday I'll go see it because then I can be in the air conditioning for the heat wave. Because no better air conditioning than a movie theater air conditioning. That's true. I just want to throw that out you'll there. You'll walk out of there frozen. Oh, yeah. I've 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 once went to see a double feature just because it was a super hot day and we were like, you know, and mind you, I have air conditioning in my house, but I mean, we were like, the hell with it. Let's just go see movies because it's cold. So we just went and then after we got out, we're like, yeah, we're not ready. We walked outside, instant sweat on the face. That's how hot it was. We turned around, went right back in, bought another. <laughs> ticket to a different movie and we're like yep double feature day that's how you do it yeah it was on a sunday so you know this is a cheap day oh so it's always it's, it's always smart. good to double feature on the cheap day very smart just throwing that out there so any viewer any of our listeners check that there's good sound advice here from horizon 607 go to the movies on the cheap day and everybody has every theater has different ones locally our theater is tuesdays and sundays right. so it's the best time to go and then you can get a double feature in and you can get out of the heat right listen to uncle rich hey, i know he I'm, knows I'm, what he's talking about i'm putting the wisdom down folks <laughs> i'm putting i'm putting the wisdom down for the people who have are more frugal in the wallet <laughs> you, you gotta if you gotta pinch them pennies you gotta pinch them i'll tell you what with all the horror movies that we have to go see it's actually oh, a smart yeah. thing to do oh yeah <laughs> i started going to movies at 10 o'clock in the morning because yeah. they're only like 650 so yeah. it's smart I yeah did that. i did that for the spider-man movie yeah i think i told you about that yeah spider-man far from home i i stole a playbook play right out of your playbook went early in the morning page 650 hardly anybody there on opening day no that was packed for was Spider-Man. it packed but yeah but still opening day still 650 because i went to a 11 a.m showing that's how you it do it amazing you know, I didn't go to the movies for years because my girlfriend just doesn't go to the movies unless it's like a Disney princess movie. So I had nobody to go with and I had never gone to see a movie by myself. And finally I said, yeah, you know what? Everybody else says it's it's the thing to do. It's it's what's hip these days. So I, like, I did it and it's actually kind of enjoyable. My first viewing of Avengers Endgame was by myself. Yeah. I made a new friend. I sat next to somebody and we, we started talking. So. Yeah. I, I sat next to an old lady in one of the movies I went to. I don't even remember which one it was now. I think and then you might, started making out with her, didn't you? I, I will not confirm nor deny. <laughs> she may be with child at this point for all oh, we know. Ohio. I don't know. She was at least 78. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> she's probably going to give birth to a hand. 
So if, if anybody knows what that reference is, there you go. I'm not going to tell you if you don't know. Uh, so next up, uh, Rich sent me this, and I also saw this on bloodydisgusting.com uh, this past week. There's a new anthology Christmas movie that's coming out. Ooh, um, it's going to be called Death December. It's coming this holiday season, and it will feature 24 short films from 24 directors. I think that's a pretty cool idea. I, uh, there's a lot more of the kind of these uh, things popping up as we've been talking about lately. A lot of anthologies, a lot of short story anthologies. There's been a lot of Christmas ones, it seems like, over a lot the last of holiday, few years. A lot of holiday ones, yeah. period. Because there was the one that was like different holidays. Remember, it holidays, was every, it I was, believe, yeah, was, yeah, one. It was holidays, and it was like different holidays. So, yeah, I, I, I'm actually kind of for this. I love the short horror movie format. I've always felt that horror movie short slash anthologies are always a great way to provide horror horror because it's quick and at the end of the point you don't have to worry about you know the building the backstory you tell a little bit you tell a tiny little bit of backstory enough that you know what the hell's going on and then bam the action happens and it's over no it's two things that can happen with that too first it's a quick watch so Mm -hmm. you know you're not gonna get bored second of all a lot of times these are directors that a lot of people haven't really heard of yet or they're up and coming or you know maybe they're from another country and this is how they get Notice. I mean, look at Lights Out. Yeah. Look what that short did. It became its own feature-length film for the for the guy that directed it, but he's become a big Hollywood director now. Oh, absolutely. So not only that, sometimes you get to see some of these large name directors and people yeah. who write doing something like this, and it also gives uh, credence to that format. And like when you mix them in, it's even better. Yeah. When you mix in a seasoned vet in the uh, directorial or writing seat for horror, and then you get to see, you know, that would bring you to the show. That's what's going to bring you to see the movie. And then all of a sudden, you get to see like three or four up and comers. It's a good way to get out there. So I like yeah. I like when they do that even more, especially. Right, because it gives people a reason to listen. Because if I'm like, "Oh, Tom Savini's doing something in this series," I might watch it over, you know, something that I don't know. But then I can pick up, "Oh crap! These two or three segments were super cool. Who were, who did that? Who wrote that? Who directed that?" And and that's a good way to find out who people are. Right, I and agree. it could lead to a huge career. Could, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll check it out when it comes out. So absolutely, I'm going to be Why in not? for it. Um, now this is this next story. I don't know a whole lot about this. This is more up your alley and uh, Ron, if he was here, up his alley. But uh, it, it's also involving probably, in my opinion, the greatest horror movie director of all time, John Carpenter. Well, he's not making a movie. He's hinted that he'd like to make another little horror movie here and there, you know, something, something. But that's not what he's doing. He's actually co-writing a one-shot Joker comic for DC, and it will be available this October 9th. Yes, yes. It's very exciting news for me. Uh, The Joker is probably the most friendly-to-horror character in comic book history because you can do so much with him. I mean, what haven't they done with the Joker yet? He is pretty much a serial killer uh, slasher horror guy to begin with. I mean, if you read the comics, I mean, I understand yeah. that some uh, some people might only their only Joker that they know would either be the Heath Ledger version, which was very good, or the animated series version, which is also very good. However, very kiddie. The Joker is is a prick. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if you really want to check something out, uh, DC animated movies are phenomenal. And uh, there's a couple that come to mind right away. The Dark Knight Returns is one of them. If you watch Dark Knight Returns, the actual it's based upon uh, the actual comics. Mm-hmm. There's uh, two uh, discs set for that. The one has the Joker on it. And he's like, there's there's a scene in it where, and mind you, it's animated, but there's a scene where he's running through the uh, the love tunnel, you know, on at the park, mm-hmm. and he's running through, jumping thing to thing, shooting 
the couple's in the head as he's doing it. Oh my god! Which is taken straight from the comic books. Also, yeah, I haven't read that one. I'm a big Batman graphic novel fan, uh-huh. but I haven't read that. Yeah, yet. yeah. Also, the other one that you could look out for is Killing Joke. They did an animated oh, yeah. Killing Joke, and if you know anything about the Killing Joke, the Killing Joke is the Joker at one of his baddest. I mean, he he paralyzes yeah. he paralyzes uh, uh, Barbara. Barbara, and then he you know, and then he basically has his way with her sexually rapes her all yeah. sorts of stuff and then abducts sends, her father yeah then sends uh yeah commissioner, commissioner gordon. gordon and then he uh then he sends pictures and stuff to batman it's crazy and he then of shows course, her the, father yeah the well, he shows her father the pictures but he also sends everything to batman because he's well bruce wayne because he knows it's bruce wayne right and he just like it's just kind of running in there and of course the last panel that spoiler alert i mean it's been out for a long time but the last panel of that and they do a great job in the movie is basically there's joker and batman standing there they're both laughing and then only batman is laughing so it's always been alluded to in the comic in the comic world it's always been like oh crap Batman kills the Joker in that scene. Right. And in the animated movie, spoiler alert, this is a spoiler alert, they don't let you believe it. They just, it, you kind of know that Batman kills him. Right. <laughs> so, but I mean, the Joker comic. keeps coming back. It Excellent comic. Excellent movie. I mean, the movie, they basically was the exact same thing as the, the graphic novel, but mm-hmm. they added a little bit more of a backstory with Batgirl and yeah, Barbara. Yeah. You know, at the so I, uh, the best part about it is, like I'm saying, though, is that seeing John Carpenter bring some life to the Joker when you already know those facts about the Joker is going to be great. I can't yeah. wait for this. I, I will definitely be picking up a copy and it might even have a spot on the wall here in the studio. You know, it hasn't been a good time for DC comic book movies, but it's been a good, good time for DC comics. There's a lot of things. Deceased, you know. Just yeah, deceased. They just uh, they also announced in October they'll be doing uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, right? Which is just going to be from the dark versions of their other stories they've done. But it's kind of cool. Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Uh, also coming back in October. Speaking of comic book news, real quick, that is all related. Marvel Zombies returns. They're doing yeah. another uh, Marvel Zombies series, so that'll be kind of cool to see as well. It's all your favorite Marvel comic book heroes as zombies. It's a good time for Marvel movies. It's a good time for DC Comics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Check it out when it comes out October 9th. Uh, Nosferatu, the the series that's on AMC. Now, uh, I have only seen the first episode. I liked it. I just forgot to record the other ones and haven't gone back and watched it. But uh, for those of you that had missed it, not only can you check it out on AMC On Demand anytime you want to, but... It's going to be coming to our good friends at Shudder. They're That's going to be bringing right. it to us. So, Shudder, who we love so much. Yes. Yeah, so starting August 8th, uh, there will be a new episode added weekly, and uh, you can actually watch Nosferatu. On Shudder. And then, of course, after the release, I'm sure it's going to be on demand uh, purposes there as well. But they're not releasing them all together. They're just releasing them one, one at week. a time. So so it's kind of that. I don't. I, I hate when they do that, but at the same time, that's okay. Yeah, I just want to binge watch what yeah. I haven't seen well, already. Well, just wait until all of them are up and binge watch the whole damn thing. Or I can binge yeah. watch my AMC either way. You can do either or. I've heard very good things. I just haven't been able to check it out with my busy schedule lately. Yeah, the first episode was really good. I just forgot to record it and then forgot to record it the next week. So you watch them on demand, and it can be a little rough because they make you watch commercials, and that's kind of the reason I haven't wanted to. But I mean, how good does Ron Perlman look in the makeup? Uh, It's not Ron Perlman. Oh, I thought it was Ron Perlman. No, it's Zachary Kinto. Oh, really? He looks like Ron Perlman. (laughs) Yeah, it does. If he's in it, I didn't know that he was. It looks like Ron Perlman. Yeah, Isn't no. that crazy? Yeah, it was Zachary Kinto. So, wow. yeah. That, that, but he looked awesome. Me. I was going to say, he fools me. <laughs> Damn. Good job, kid. I know. <laughs> uh, so, it's. Uh, it's it's one of our favorite segments of the show. It's time for for one of our favorite things to uh, to talk about on the show. Actually, it's the first time we've done this segment, so we're gonna we're gonna give this a special warm welcome to 
the segment that we're now going to call the big fat steaming turd. So Scream. Scream the TV series came back last week. Let me tell you. What a what do they what do the kids call this a big dumpster fire? Is that dumps, the term that they I don't they, know if the, the kids use that, but yes, dumpster fire is definitely one. That's that's the <laughs> that's the the happening word nowadays. Well, let's just say that times a thousand. That's what Scream season three was. What a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And now I see why it was put on the shelf for two years. You know, it was so bad that it it was even worse than the coverage of the upcoming Area Fifty One raid. Yeah. Like, you have a better chance of getting into Area 51 than you do of liking the screen <laughs> resurrection. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, God. And it is taking a beating uh, throughout. Like, I mean, I pulled something out. That, that that article was actually definitely off of Bloody Disgusting. Bloody Disgusting has a great article up if you want to go look at their website about how failure this is. Yeah. Like and it was not, there was, there like, the person writing it, to their credit, was like, yeah, I tried to find a good thing, but I couldn't. Mm. And that's when it's bad when they're like trying to like even admit to you like I'm really trying hard to find something good. Yeah, well, and it didn't happen. You know, basically the article what it talks about. And I don't want to give anything away for those of you that did maybe record it or want to go back and watch it later. You know, check it out. But um, the killer, I'm not going to say if it's a male, a female. I'm not going to tell you. But um, the killer has this this monologue in, in you know at the end, and basically it's just like just taking a big dump on horror movie fans and horror movies in general. It, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. They knew what they were doing. Whoever did this show hates horror, hates Scream, and they absolutely just they ruined this. And I hope that this isn't the last time we're going to see Scream. I I hope that it comes back to theaters. I hope they continue on make another sequel, reboot it, do something, but get it back in theaters. The other thing I want to point out is the series seasons 1 and 2 were um they were a continuation. Se- season 2 was a continuation of season 1, same actors, same story, kind of, you know, it moved on. Um although the acting was kind of appalling and it was like Dawson's Creek meets uh, meets Scream, it was enjoyable, especially season 2. It was really good. It was a step up from season one and they just let all of those people go they came back and what a mess they made of it so i pulled it up just so that way i can i'm gonna read you a direct quote here in a second but uh i just want to point out if you want to look this up i'm bloody disgusting it's under tv reviews it's the it's called the killer and scream resurrection makes a mockery of horror fans everywhere uh it's written by trace thurman so just giving out credit this it, it says spoiler it would be a spoiler if i gave you who the killer was but i'm not i'm going to actually read the monologue because it does not spoil them it doesn't spoil the show and i'm sorry one two three spoiler alert if you didn't want to hear the monologue but i do feel like there's there's a quality of talking about this it says this is the exact monologue i was born bad unlike you and your little dead fast besties i don't lie to myself about it when i take my mask off nothing changes i always knew i was a sociopath i mean why do you think i love horror movies so much i watched every single one i could get my hands on until i realized it just wasn't quite enough why should michael myers get to have all the fun when i could be a better monster because i'm not just some actor behind a mask this is who i really am on the inside silence come on that was a killer monologue literally that was that's the lot that's the whole monologue including the killer monologue part the part that people should be taking offense to according to bloody disgusting and i mean this is i always knew i was a sociopath i mean why do you think i love horror movies so much because basically it's saying that anybody who likes horror movies should be a, is a sociopath yeah let me just tell you that the uh the traumatic experience the, the the bad memories that you just brought back into my life by reading that because i actually witnessed it live I hate myself. I want those, those six hours of my life back. I don't, I don't blame you, but 
I it just figured so I just bad. figured I'd just go. So Trace Thurman did a great job on that article. It is yeah. a really good review. Once again, uh tried to find something good in there and it did end up focusing on that monologue a lot just because once again I, I don't think it's fair to equate the fact that every horror fan is a sociopath I do not believe that I'm a sociopath I mean I, I, I am a very I, I like people I like doing things or else I want to do this show I mean, I think and you've I only murdered seven people today, but... Yeah, I mean, that's fine. You can murder people and not be a sociopath. Sure, Jeez. sure. Jeez, Absolutely. But, no, in all seriousness, though, it's just like, it's it sounds a bad message. And, I mean, that's something that people who have watched horror movies have had that bad stink on for a long time, yeah. is that, you know, we're fringe and we're outside the box and, and whatever, and we might be a little weird or whatever, and you look at the guy who watches horror movies. Well, the guy who watches horror movies isn't usually the serial killer. I just want to throw that out to you. Usually it's the guy, you know, that's the president of the local chapter of whatever. You know, it's somebody who's like, uh, a, you know, in good and everybody thinks, oh, man, I can't believe Bob was, was chopping up people in his basement. He was so nice and his barbecues were so good great that is that think about it, that is what whenever you saw a serial killer gets caught that's exactly they march out the the neighbors and that's what they say yeah it's usually an elderly woman that yeah, says it, just, just like, like that oh bob bob was so nice he, he he did he mowed my lawn and he took out my garbage i mean sometimes it felt like my garbage was a little heavy but i don't i didn't really think about why <laughs> But I, but you know but you know what I mean like yeah. as funny as it sounds that is how a serial killer is described so sociopath has nothing to do with watching horror movies I think all of us horror fans should be slightly offended I don't think you should blow up the world for it but and, I, and they're not saying that in that article either that you should blow up the world for it but that just is kind of a shitty shot you know yeah I'll tell you what there was only three good things about this this season of this okay. if we can call it a season that monologue three good things happened <laughs> that monologue was not one of them uh, one it had the original ghost face mask back so the costume was back two Roger L. Jackson did the voice the phone voice mm-hmm. he's the, the person that did the voice in the four movies and uh, three the goth girl in the, in, in the show uh, her real name is Georgia Wiggum smoking hot smoking hot <laughs> i couldn't take my eyes off of her i, I, I no longer need crystal reed i now have georgia wiggum we'll be I, we'll I, be if you're if you're listening georgia the, and the, you want to be on our show you can come anytime is she the daughter of chief wiggum she may as well be I'm i don't know i'm just saying maybe uh I, I i think that's funny that that was her saving grace for the show that was about it i i'm just gonna tell you you know your monologue is a stinker not even when it compares like this the the sociopath thing you know it's a stinker when at the end of it you're like it's a killer monologue get it literally <laughs> <laughs> like that wasn't me making that up. That is actually at the end of that damn monologue. Right. Like I didn't see the monologue like you, but that was part of the quote, which means that happened. So he does that. That's what I, I said. He, but I, I don't know if the killer's here he or she. So I didn't spoil anything because I don't know because I didn't watch it. But I'm assuming yeah, you're lucky. You're the lucky one of the two of us. Yeah. But anyways, so the killer obviously uh, is bad at speeches. Public speaking is not, sociopath strong point. Yeah. Public speaking. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> Well, so concludes the uh, first ever Big Fat Steaming Turd segment <laughs> yes, on Horror Zone 607. We'll have to bring some more of those in because sometimes it's fun to see. Oh, I'm sure we'll come across another one I'm or sure, two. I'm sure, sure. Uh, the only other piece of news that I want to mention uh, is uh, there was uh, a listing of Creepshow, uh, mm-hmm. the series that's also coming to Shudder. Um, it's, it's been resurrected or is being resurrected into a series. With the showrunner Greg Nicotero. Yeah, Greg Nicotero is going to be in, in charge of it. Uh, so we found out there's going to be a total of uh, 12 segments episode it's, it's six so episodes it's two six, segments per yeah. episode so, it's so total six of 12. episodes 12 segments yes so two segments per episode so six episodes only uh we do know who's directing three of these so far we know who all the 
Well, nine of the writers. We know nine of the writers. We know three. So here's how it, it runs down. So the one that they've uh, touted out and they've got a little, it's not even a clip. It's mostly just uh, a, a still image from, is uh, one of the first ones that's going to be coming out. It's called Lydia's Lydia Lane's Better Half. And that is actually was uh, written by, uh, well, no, it's based on a story written by Greg Nicotero himself. And it is uh, directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who did the VHS movies. So that's pretty cool. Also, with that being said, we have uh, one of the ones that we know a director on is going to be called By the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. The story was written by Joe Hill, uh, Nosferatu. Uh, of course, son also of the Stephen son of Stephen King. Yes, who looks exactly like Stephen King from Absolutely. thirty years ago. Absolutely, uh, and it was adapted by uh, Jason Sarmilia, and it's going to be directed by the great Tom Savini. Uh, another one we have is called House of the Head. Uh, that's written by Josh Mallerman, who wrote Bird Box. Uh, the Companion is written by Joe Lansdale. The Bottoms is uh, what he was involved in. Uh, when I say something after, it's good what they're involved in. Sorry, so it saves a little time. The Man in the Suitcase by Christopher Buhlman. Uh, he wrote The Lesser Dead. All Hallows' Eve uh, by Bruce Jones, who uh, wrote The Hitchhiker. Anything no. Halloween related, I'm yeah. into, so I'm excited for that one. Uh, Night of the Paw by John Esposito. Uh, he does the Walking Dead episodes. Uh, Bad Wolf Down uh, by Rob Schreib, Monster House. And uh, last but certainly not least, this has a director on it as well, Stephen King's Gray Matter. But it was, so the Stephen King story, short story, Gray Matter. But it was written for the episode is written by Byron Willinger and Philip de Blasi. So they were, they are actually writing an interpretation of Stephen King's Gray Matter. But that episode is being directed by Greg Nicotero himself. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds like a killer one. You have Stephen King story adapted by two great horror writers directed by Greg Nicotero. Yeah, and there's some uh, notable people that are going to be on the show, too. Adrian Barbeau, who was actually in the original, mm-hmm. uh, was also part of Swamp Thing. Uh, she's going to be in it. Jeffrey Combs, who was in Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Davison's going to be in it. Uh, David Arquette. So we got some notable Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell, Dana Gould, Trisha Heffler, and Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. So some some notable people are going to be on there. So kind of anxious to see what this is going to be about. We still don't have a release date yet. So hopefully we'll have more news about that and we can bring that to you when we know more. But I would assume before October. I, I would hope so. That's all. I. That's what I'm thinking. And I was a big fan of the, the Creepshow movie, so I can't wait to see this show, believe it or not. All right, uh, and then the last thing I just want to mention is uh, coming this Thursday will actually be the full trailer for It Chapter 2. So, yes, this uh, show comes out late Wednesday night. Uh, some of you probably don't listen to it Thursday morning, but so if you're here uh, in time, you have been told by us that they go online probably around noonish because that's when they did the last one and It Chapter 2 trailer. Maybe before noon, but the last time they did it at noon. I yeah, remember specifically. it's usually about when they do it. Sometimes it's early morning. Yeah, so, so by the time you, when you hear this podcast, if you, no matter what, when you hear this podcast, unless you listen to it right when I put it out Wednesday night, this going to be the day of the it chapter two full-length trailer not just a scene trailer uh we had we had this discussion before because mike was like it's the first trailer i'm like no the first trailer already came out well that technically was a teaser well it was over two minutes long so it can't be a teaser (laughs) that's my argument i'm sticking to it so i've come up with a new terminology maybe it's something they should use in hollywood we'll call it a scene trailer because it was based around a scene and then a little snippet at the end which was a teaser this upcoming one is a real trailer yeah so we'll get to see more about what's going to be in the movie so absolutely and think about it we're going to see what it is in the movie oh (laughs) 
I know it's not going to be a giant spider. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be Pennywise, the dancing clown. It is, and it's not going to be. Let's hope it's not going to be a big, steaming, fat turd. I hope not. I doubt it will be. The first looked, one was too good. I think it's going to be say, good. It, it looked good. The, the That scene trailer looked good. Got yeah. me excited. So uh, maybe the trailer tomorrow will get me even more excited. I know. If that's even possible. And we're just a couple of months away. I know. Can't I wait. Know. I, I'm on. I'm, I'm on. Uh, Less than two months? You know, I, in between there, though, I get to have Ready or Not, though. So that's yeah. I, I have something to tide me over. A little appetizer. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait. All right, so uh, that's the news for this week. Uh, if there's anything that uh, you have to say about Scream or you you want to talk about John Carpenter getting involved in a, in a DC comic, hit us up. Hit us up on Facebook, Horizon 607 Hit us up on Twitter, at Horizone 607 And uh, join the conversation but always by using hashtag HZ607. Uh, you can tell this isn't my strong suit doing this. Rich usually does this part. I know. He, 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 he just took the dive, so I was happy to let him take the dive. Yeah, I feel very uncomfortable doing sometimes it. Sometimes you got to dive in the deep end. Yeah, I'm trying. But, trying to get better. But uh, before we're going we're gonna to take, we're going to take our final break. Technically, you're going to listen to "Shout at the Robots." When we come back, we're going to be talking some horror. More specifically, we're going to carry on our our anthology, if you will. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little hint. This is just a hint. Okay. Before Stranger Things. Ooh. Before Stranger Things. That is the category. Ooh. We'll be right back on Horror Zone 607. back to the zone and now it's time for the talking horror segment and before the break we tease that uh well mike teased if you will that it was uh the clue if the, it was before stranger things that's the clue before stranger and things. i gave you the clue that it was part of our anthology yes because it is kind of like an anthology we do it at different times we do so if you haven't guessed it yet, what we're going to do now is, if you remember a few weeks ago, we did horror movies from the year 1980. We covered a bunch of horror movies, the good, the bad, the ugly, if you will, mostly the good, by the way, but you know, some were eh at best, and we covered them. Uh, now, like we said, we were going to occasionally dip back in and do that anthology. Well, this week, guess what time it is? It's 1981. Which takes place before 1983, which is what season one of That's Stranger correct. Things takes That's place. That's correct. In this last season, 1985. Yes. Which they even had new Coke. Yes. Yes. yes and and I and, and I and I I hope everybody has seen most of it now. And this and this isn't really a spoiler, but I'll say spoiler just to throw it out there. I found it funny when uh, Lucas is drinking 
the uh, Coke, and he starts telling them about why Coke is better. Like my new Coke is better <laughs> yeah. than Coca Cola Classic. He's like, we have the classic, and it's like th- it's like the thing. It's like the, there was the original thing, and it was it was good. It was good for what it was. It was a classic. But then John Carpenter's thing came out. <laughs> And he was like, and it was great, and it was way better than the classic. It was, it was bold. It was, it was innovative. It was new. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he's doing a commercial, and all of them are like, you're crazy. You know that, right? You're crazy. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, I think the big like, question, are, you tra- are you talking about the thing? And they're like, no, we're talking about the Coke, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the big question in my mind before we get to the 1981 movies: uh-huh. Have you actually watched the last episode yet, or are you still refusing to watch? Uh, it? I did watch the last episode. You weep like a little girl, didn't you? I did not weep like a little girl, but I did. I did tear up. Uh, I. Did Teared up, I teared up, and it was like a continual tear up. If you guys have, uh, we didn't spoil anything about it, so we're not going to now. Even I did finally break down and watch the final episode of, of Stranger Things after or, uh, this season, season three. Uh, after Mike and uh, Ron had told me that it was going to be sad, I did not want to watch it, so I refused to watch it. I did watch it the other day, and it and truthfully, it did make me tear up. It was it was a very touching end of the season, very but emotional, very good though. Season as a whole was amazing. Best finale episode of all three seasons. Absolutely. So but good. it's such a tearjerker. It really was. Pansy. They, and then it keeps it keeps going on and on. I don't care. You can call me a pansy. <laughs> it keeps going on and on because then the hits keep on coming. They hit you with a comedy spot after the initial tear up moment. And then they hit you with more tear up yeah. moments. You're like, hey, you sons of bitches. I know. They get you. That's how they get you. But now, let's travel back to the year 1981. This is before I was born. Really? Yeah, I, was I was three. I was born in 1983, the same year that the first season of uh, Stranger Things was in. So oh. that's where I was born. So 1983 is when I was born. You so were... technically those kids are older than you. They are. They're a lot older than me. Yeah. 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 So there you go. But yes, 1983 is when I was born. So this is two years before I was born. But yeah. I have seen a lot of the movies on this list. Actually, probably most of them. Yeah. I mean, th- what a great list. Now, I just want to say uh, months ago... We had started doing, we actually did a show uh, where our talking horror segment was going through all these different movies of, of an entire decade. We did the 90s, we did the 2000s, we did the 2010s. I actually worked on this list at that point in time just to have something ready in case we did it, not knowing that we were going to end up doing them year by year eventually. Which makes makes sense. Yeah. The 80s were so good with the horror movies, this is really the only way to do it because there's just too much to talk about. Well, 1981, my opinion... The greatest decade, or excuse me, the greatest year of horror movies ever. Wait till you hear some of the movies on this list. So let's start with the. Did you put some stinkers on there too, just for? for um, there's one or two. Okay, I was just making sure because it's always fun to have a couple stinkers just because it's fun. Yeah, big fat steaming turds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can go back to that segment if you need to. Uh, so we'll start <laughs> off with one of those because I've seen it and uh, it's it's campy. It's uh, it's everything that uh, 1981 is all about here. Student bodies. Ooh, so bad. So bad. Yeah, yeah. It not was, good. Not good. Not good. But yes, it was a good place to start because it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start with that like, one. We'll work our way up. It's only up from here. You know, hey, it, with the name of Student Bodies, listen, first of all, you got to give them credit. At least the name describes what's in the movie. Yeah. It is It is a slasher film that takes place during school. With school school. Yeah, and it was basically a scary movie before scary movie. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was more of a... It was more, Here's the problem. It was a dark comedy, a horror comedy, if you really want to be serious, before that genre really existed. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's painful. Because they they don't have the tropes that we would now associate with that uh, drama. I feel like this would be one of those movies that if you are a director and you wanted to remake something, 
<clears throat> or a producer, <clears throat> Jason Blum. Uh, <laughs> this would be one of those ones you could probably get away from, uh, get away with remaking and actually making a way better version. Because now that we know how horror comedy works, this movie, some of the stuff could carry over, and then you could fix the problems in the movie. Right. In my I, opinion, this would be one that I would remake for that reason. Yeah, I mean, it was but, more of like a spoof movie than mm-hmm. you know than anything. It was probably coming on the heels of Airplane and things like right, that. Right, but that's so. the, that's the problem. They didn't understand how horror comedy really would should right. Work. So that's why I said now you could remake this movie knowing It'd how be horror better comedy than the original. works, and it would actually be not would be better than the original, but it would actually be more fun. Like, yeah, for viewers, it'd be hard to make a worse movie. Oh anyway, no! Oh yeah, so. it's, just, it's super bad. Uh, that that would be the worst movie on this list because I've seen everything on here. So uh, next up, uh, we'll go with Ghost Story. Ghost Story. I have not seen this. It's a fun little movie, uh, haunted house movie. And that's why I haven't seen it because I'm not, not really a fan house of those movie, Ghost movie. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's a ghost story. Yeah, yeah, it's a ghost story. I, I kind of saw that in the title. Yeah, but I, I you know me, I'm, it's just not my. If it's not named Poltergeist. <laughs> or The Conjuring or Exorcist. I don't really do ghosts and possession movies. And it's not because they scare me. I always... And I mean, I did the, I like the first Paranormal Activity as well. Uh, the The problem is I just don't, I don't like the cheap jump scares. And Man. that's really all those movies have to offer, in my opinion. The, if you notice that the ones that I just listed have a lot more substance. And that's Man. probably why I like them more. Yeah. But outside of that, I've watched certain ones and I'm just it's just not my thing. It's available on Shutter if you ever want to watch it. I, I, maybe I'll check it out. It out there. I may I might check it out just to check it out, but I, I don't know. I just not my it's not my cup of tea, man. Uh, give it a I shot. like bodies. I like slashing. I like student, killing. Do you like student bodies? I like student bodies if it was a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on the list is a classic. There's actually similar movies in a way uh, that came out both in 1981. The one that uh, gets the more hype, I guess, uh, the one that people consider to be better would be American Were- an American Werewolf in London. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Rick Baker, of course, doing the effects on that movie, created the transformation scene that everybody goes gaga about, and as they should, because it still stands up today, by the way. If you go back and watch the transformation scene from that movie, it still stands up today. It's a classic movie. I enjoy that movie forever. And here's the funny part. We were just talking about horror comedies. American Werewolf in London is very much like a horror comedy. Yeah, very B- before, before the time of horror comedies, and that is, I think, when you start to see it. So in the same year, you see one of the worst examples of that you actually see the in my opinion possibly the originator of how you do it right because there is a ton of humor and tongue and tongue and cheekness to american werewolf in london yeah i I agree with that um i i don't know i've seen it several times i i I don't get the hype on it i don't know what you're crazy david naughton was actually at scarecon last year i know we didn't get a chance to meet him i I know no i didn't get the chance to meet him either but yeah i don't know i wasn't i just i don't know that you're crazy Maybe a little that, bit. That's what that's what that crazy is. like a fox, Maybe. not a wolf, but Maybe. a fox. So the other movie, the other one that came out the same year, which is my personal favorite. I'm not a big werewolf movie fan whatsoever. I kind of like vampires on movies. I don't like whatnot. Werewolf movies, same thing for me. But the Howling, one of my favorite horror movies ever. How'd you feel about the Howling too? Um, the Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. The, uh, the sequels were all pretty rough. I was going to say, we'll get to those in the other years. I yeah. don't want to bury the lead, but I'm just saying, uh, The Howling's not bad, but that series went downhill real fast. But the, the first one is, is pretty decent. It was uh, like a slasher movie. Well, that's what Wallace it me- in it? That's what it was meant to be. Oh, like yeah. a slasher movie. But it was a slasher movie with werewolves, but it was so... Just the look of it, that gritty look, that dark... 
atmospheric, suspenseful movie that I love so much. That's what it had that American Werewolf didn't have. Right. And the transformation the scene in that movie, to me, is better than... Oh, that's sacrilegious. I that that's my opinion, one man's opinion, and I'm probably gonna catch some flack for that from everybody. I think that it's better. Okay, so here's where I'm gonna go with this, and you can catch some flack from me a little bit, but here, so the transformation scene's not bad in the Howling. It's not. However, the transformation scene in American Werewolf in London is better. The other part that's better is that the wolf in American Werewolf for London is looks a lot better, period. Because outside of the transformation scene, the wolves in the howling kind of look like Yeti. No. With wolf faces. It's weird. I don't know. I, I, like I never that. I didn't like the design of the werewolves. They weren't too they weren't wolfy enough, if you will. Whereas the American Werewolf in London used wolf. Yeah. Like the like an actual kind of like wolf. And even in shots they use wolves to to, to stand in. But I, I'm a, we can agree to disagree on that, but I mean, I like The Howling as a movie. The first one is very good. So, oh, such a great movie. One of the best, my opinion, one of the best horror movies of all time. Top twenty, in my opinion. Eh. American Werewolf in London wouldn't make my top thirty list. It eh. didn't make my top thirty list that I did years ago, which I'm going to redo at some point. I'm going to make it a top fifty or hundred, and we'll get to that on the show at some point. And, and does it make your top fifty or one hundred? Um, I think it would be top fifty. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm just saying, fair enough. I don't think, as a movie by itself, like I said, I don't think it has enough carrying power as a a whole movie. I do believe if you go back in time and you look, that is really the start of horror comedy. Yeah. Because if you look at that movie, that you can, the the same way as you say that, or we all say, Halloween gave birth to the slasher film. Even though there were slashers before, there was nothing that was clear slasher before Halloween. Like, there's other movies that had those elements, but Halloween did them to perfection so that's why it's considered the first right that is the same way i describe american werewolf in london for horror comedy it was the first to actually have uh, be funny and be aware of itself and be aware that it was being funny i mean you have conversations between a mauled up dead person and somebody and they're like normal conversations right that's what makes them funny though it's it's like they're have their banter is like he's still fucking alive and everybody can see him Right, it's it's nuts. It's but it's good. <laughs> That's why I'm saying you we you if you go back in time, that was probably the first horror comedy done well. Yeah. Whereas Student Bodies was trying to do that and just failed utterly. Right. So that's why it goes to the wayside. Get out of here, Student Bodies. Get out, get out of here, Student here. Bodies. See why that was the first one. We had to get that out of the way first. Can you imagine if that was my main event on this list? Wouldn't have been a good list. It wasn't. No, Freddy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Moving comes, on comes full circle. <laughs> Moving on to a couple Tom Savini-related movies. Uh, we got Maniac. Well, Maniac uh, was 1980. Uh, it was released here in the States in 81. Mm, that's weird because we had it on our 1980 list as well. I think that maybe it was one of those that maybe... Hang on, let me go it's back It's probably to Borderline. It is because I remember we was on our 1980 list. I'm just yeah. This is one of those ones. It actually says I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. It says Maniac is a 1980 American psychological slasher film. Blah 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 blah. The release date though in the United States was January 30th, 1981. So okay. Well, I'm just saying we used it on our 1981. Yeah, too. yeah I think that was fine. one of those ones where they kind of bounced yeah, it around because yeah, that's, that's how it was back then. That's okay. But so. either way, Maniac's great. You don't like it? I love it. Has one of the best death scenes ever with uh, Tom Savini shooting his own head off. <laughs> exactly. Technically. 
the other one that he was involved with doing the special effects, uh, this is the reason why he was not involved in Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, it would be The Burning, which was a yeah. complete ripoff of Friday the 13th. But Of course it was a complete ripoff. Everything after Friday the 13th hit big, everything was a ripoff of Friday the 13th, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the Burning, uh, the only thing that was good about it was the, the effects. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that movie. I dig it for what it is. I respect it for what it is. I, I, I own it. I don't usually buy a movie unless I, you know, have seen it and enjoyed it. I, I took a chance on that, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a. I, I don't know. I'm not as big of a fan as uh, as as you are, obviously, in that movie. But I do enjoy the special effects because I do love Tom Savini's work. So that that part of it was good, and I love practical magic or movie magic, if you will. So yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant Practical Magic the movie. No, no, definitely. <laughs> I was gonna say, not. was he involved in that? So, no, it, it, it was a, that was a dumpster fire, sir. I don't think Savini was involved in that at all. Don't tell my girlfriend that she loves that movie. Of course, that's her favorite horror movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's not even a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Continue. <laughs> Next up was a made-for-TV movie that I actually uh, watched on YouTube a couple years ago and enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Very good. By the way, Ron, who is normally here, uh, you know, due to scheduling conflicts, could not be here this week. But Ron, that's one of his favorite movies of all time. Really? Believe, yeah, I'm dead serious. This is one of his favorite horror movies of all time. He always talks about how terrifying that movie was for being on television. Oh, yeah. He says that it is the most terrifying movie ever released to television. as a straight to TV. He also says that it's one of his favorites of all time. And I agree with him. I've, I've actually, because of him, I've watched that movie. And I did mm-hmm. watch it on YouTube. And I enjoy it very muchly. So if you guys, you guys should watch that. If you haven't seen that movie, it's, it's definitely a must watch. Oh, and, yeah. it, and it does. You actually, there's parts of that movie where I was like, this is on TV. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, I think they got away with that stuff a little bit more back then than they would now. Well, actually, I don't know. Now they can get away with even more. There was an era where you couldn't watch those things on oh, TV, yeah, but that was a really, really good movie. I was surprised by how, again, suspense atmosphere, it had it. You know, And to show so. you this, Ron argues that that's a better made-for-TV movie than the original It. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but Ron does, makes that argument. And I, I wish he was here, actually, for this argument. Right yeah, now. I wish that he was, too, because I'd like to hear that argument. It was both good and bad. The, the original miniseries. I, I always said that the first half of it was really good. The second half of it was really bad when they were adults, um, which is what I'm afraid of with the new one mm-hmm. happening. But um, I don't know. It I, I loved it for what it was. It was it was 1990 is when it came out, but it felt like it was an 80s horror movie. It still was in that era. And um, I don't know. Well, what's ruined the but, miniseries for me now is the It Chapter 1. Right. It was done better. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You know I actually, I, I, there's there's people who will still argue. Uh, I mean, I know I'm technically part of the popular opinion because a lot of people have shifted to my opinion that the new it is better than the old it. However, there are still people holding on. You know, when I went to see it in the theaters the night it was released a couple years ago, um, that night I went home and I actually I have the uh, miniseries on DVD and I went back and I actually watched it the same night that I watched the new one. And I still really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy them both. The, you know, they have their similarities, but their differences. Um, again, I still feel the same. The first half is is incredible. The second half was horrible. Uh, it had a couple of good things in it in the second half, more than I remembered. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'm like I said. I thought that I hate the miniseries. I just think that the first one was better. Right. Or the new one's better. Just like uh, and mind you, I you get each shit for this sometimes. But Tim Curry was not as good as uh, Skarsgård. 
Yeah, that's one of the ones I I'm kind of I think they were equal just in because Skarsgård is their own super way. creepy man. Skarsgård is like super. He was more menacing. Yes, he's super, but he's super like Kitty Toucher creepy. Whereas, yeah. whereas I don't know, I don't know. Curry's like now that you've seen Skarsgård do, it's hard to me for me to watch Tim Curry's because he sounds like he's like smokes two packs a day during that movie. Well, he probably did. And by the way, I love I love Tim Curry. Because one of my favorite movies of all time as a child and even into my adult years, Clue, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he is the star of that movie. Yeah, he is. I love me some Tim Curry. But and I'm of course, just saying, who could ever forget the horror classic Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? Ooh, we love you. <laughs> Get on your knees and tell me you love me. You are smooching on everybody. Ray, Mookie. Earl, I wasn't smooching on anybody, sir. It's, it's so not true. Good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, let's, let's continue on this before the wheels completely fall off on this yeah, episode of Horizon. We need to keep we need to keep ourselves in 1981. We keep jumping ahead to the 1990s. Let's yeah. stay in 1981. We'll go back to the 90s. We'll go back to the future someday. Someday, but 1981. What's next on the list? Next on the list is Happy Birthday to Me. Happy Birthday. To me. I have seen this movie. Yeah, I unfortunately have seen this a few times. <laughs> uh, if Luke were here, he would swear by this movie. Um, every year, as I've mentioned before, I usually will end up having a party. Uh, one or the other of our houses. And we do an all-day horror movie marathon. And that was one of the ones that uh, a friend of mine actually chose from my collection. Because I hosted it this past year. And <laughs> we're watching this movie. And through the first half of it, everybody's just like, I don't know. How do you own this movie? This is so low budget. It is so bad. Then the kills start happening, and I'll tell you what: for a, for an extremely low budget slasher movie, the kills were amazing. In that somebody's bench pressing weights, and the killer comes in and just drops, like pushes down the the, the barbell on the person's neck, and blood just splatters everywhere. I mean, it, there, the, you know, we were just dying when we, we watched it like five times. I just had to keep rewinding it. There was some really inventive death scenes in that, and it saved the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, the movie itself, not very good. Death scenes are worthwhile to watch. Yeah. So it is definitely worth watching for the kills uh, alone. If you can find just the kills, isolate just the kills. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I watched a, a channel on YouTube. Uh, it's Dead Kill Meat, Counter. And it's the Kill Count. And uh, if, if I don't know if he's done this yet, but he if he should. has, check that out because it'll he'll give you the synopsis of the film and just get to the kills. If he hasn't done it yet, maybe we should write into it. To yeah, do it. it's not a bad Cause idea because honestly, it would be a kind of a cool idea to do, you know. Uh, because I, I, I love the kills in this movie. I just the movie itself, it was laughable and it didn't mean to be. Yeah, it was, it, it it tried was meant to be serious, to be serious <laughs> but you end up laughing your ass off because it's that bad. Yeah, but the kills are are phenomenal. It, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of watching Final Destination movies. I know it's the second time I've mentioned this. Yeah, but the Final Destination movies, you don't go to watch the movie; you go to just watch the kills. And this was one of those movies where if you watch the movie, you're like, "This is horrible." But yeah. if you watch the kills, you're like, "Ooh, this is amazing." I agree. So I, I kind of is probably the originator of the Final Destination movies in a way, yeah. not not the same trajectory, but it, in a way, I agree. Oh, it's still got a lot of good movies on this oh, yeah, list. Yeah, I know. Come on, continue uh, on. I'm trying to think of what I want to do next. I, I'm trying to save some of the other ones, uh, some of the better ones for last year. I, we'll, we'll go with My Bloody Valentine. Of course, a great movie. Uh, we've talked about this, of course, ad nauseum before. If you want to go back in an old episode, we did we a actually, face-off. We did a face-off. We did a three-way face-off. Yeah, we did. Between My Bloody Valentine, My Bloody Valentine 3D, and uh, what was the Valentine. other one? Valentine. That was the one I was going to think Which about I still it. think is an underrated movie. It is underrated, but I still think that if you get in a fight with all of these, the My Bloody My Valentine, Valentine this movie right here wins. Uh, a little grainy. 
little chopped up uh the best thing ever now is you can buy a better version of it where it's not it is more clear however and it's got the deleted, it's got scenes. The deleted scenes the deleted scenes are choppy so when you're watching the deleted scenes for this movie that's how the movie used to look when i was watching this movie so i'm glad that they've remastered the movie but i'm also glad i got to see the deleted scenes because the deleted scenes are brutal yeah especially that brutal. shower oh yeah the shower head brutal. scene Ooh. I love this movie. It's got brutal kills. When we're talking about a movie with great kills, My Bloody Valentine has great kills. And I love the ending of this movie. This particular one, not 3D, because we talked about it before, what made me not like 3D as much. What won out between this and 3D. Now, mind you, My Bloody Valentine 3D has got great kills in that movie. It is a good movie. However, why this movie wins out, the original wins out completely, is the ending. This has a more logical ending that's a good twist ending. The other one, because you know the ending, they try to twist you on the ending. And yeah. it's just not, I just never liked that ending. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan either. Although I didn't see it coming when I saw it in theaters. Because oh, yeah, yeah. I had seen the original. But, uh, but the no, original Valentine, I got to tell you, I didn't really like it the first few times I watched it. I think that it was more the music that was in it. There was like a lot of like bluegrass music playing, yeah, yeah, which yeah. didn't really fit. At the end, they've got the... Uh, the like love ballad song that's playing over the credits it was a little corny it just that didn't fit for me but i love the the town that they filmed it in i believe it was filmed in i want to say like nova scotia or yeah, something like that yeah, it's, it's a canadian can- movie yeah, somewhere in canada but um i have grown to love it i watch it every year on on valentine's day mostly because uh, you know i i don't paint a very pretty picture of my girlfriend sometimes on here but she doesn't like valentine's day and doesn't want to do anything on it and uh, so i'll sit at home and i'll watch this every year and hey it's a it's a great valentine's day then you know in my opinion I love this if, movie. If you're it's not going to really, hang out with a loved one, hang out with a loved one. It's it's a really good movie, really good kills. And if you haven't seen it, this is a classic that needs to be seen by everybody. If you are a, a fan of this genre, and obviously if you're listening to us, you are, uh, this is one of those movies that I would, if you're asking me staples, I'm not saying, I, I'm, without doing a rating of where this lies, we'll do that some other time. We'll let Mike do that. However, this is there's certain staples. I believe this movie is a staple movie that you need to see in the horror genre. I agree. Especially the slasher subgenre of that horror genre. I agree. You know, and, and there's more slashers on this list too. There were so many slashers. Uh, of course. Once again, this is post Halloween, post right. Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth had come out the year before and blew up the world, and the year before two years before that would be uh Halloween. Halloween. So this is like the world is on fire for slasher. And this was the year for it. So uh, another one, I didn't really like it the first time I watched it. Kind of liked it a little bit more, but still didn't care much for it the second time. Now I love the movie. I I think it's more just the ending of it that I didn't like. Um, It it could have been a better ending, but just another brutal one with great special effects is The Prowler. Uh, The Prowler is good. I've seen it uh, once again. Another another slasher film. Go figure. I know. Uh, but uh, the Prowler's good. I liked. I liked. Uh, this is one of those ones where I liked it because it's a more realistic uh, horror movie slash slasher film. It's not you. You, you know. I, it's one of those things that it could happen, if you will. Uh, Halloween, the, for for the masterpiece, because as everybody knows, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. The original Halloween, John mm-hmm. Carpenter's Halloween. Mine too. Uh, but the one thing that I've, the knock that I've always had on it is when you watch the movie, as perfect as it is as a horror movie, it's still like not realistic. Like there's things that happen in that movie. You're like, that would never happen in real life, which is fine because I enjoy the movie for what it is. The Prowler where this does good is, I mean, it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's an okay movie. It's not one of these staples I'm going to tell you to watch, but if you have time, I would check it out. The Prowler for me is more realistic in the way that it's like, it's the way this, the killer sets up is he's very much like 
what you would assume somebody would do is if they were stalking and killing somebody. Yeah. You know, maybe not the kill scenes necessarily are, are exactly, you know, what would happen in real life. But the fact of the stalking and killing is very much realistic. Oh, yeah. There's a pitchfork. Oh, yeah. When it's going through the body or bodies, I think is what oh, it was. It was bodies. Oh, my God. It sounded like it was somebody really murdering somebody with a pitchfork. But what his stalking technique is great. Oh, yeah. Like, you feel like that would be, if you were going to be stalked and murdered, you feel like this is how it is. Like, yeah. in Halloween, like, one of the scenes I'll give you, and it's an iconic scene, and I love this scene, so don't think I'm shitting on the scene. But one of the scenes is, like, when he comes in underneath the sheet, the ghost scene. Oh, yeah. You know that's not going to happen in right. real life. So, but, you know, in this movie, you in Prowler, you get, like, real stalking. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, the atmosphere is there. That's why I'm surprised you didn't like it the first couple times. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was more just the ending. It just kind of had, like, an abrupt ending to yeah, it. Yeah, it just kind of ends. So, <laughs> that was my biggest. Which, that's one of the reasons I don't like the uh, Universal movies, the monster movies, because they just end. Well, you know what the funny There's part no real is, ending. Is, 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 in the 1980s, and we probably get this to in a bunch of them, there is a staple of horror movies that just end. Yeah, there really is. Like that's why that I think certain horror movies stand out more because they have a good ending. I.e., that's why Friday the Thirteenth stood out more to a lot of people, especially in this era, because it had an ending. Right. A lot of movies just went like this. It's over. Yeah. Just it's over. You're like, wait, that that's it? Because even after the like like even after the surprise ending in um, My Bloody Valentine, it just kind of ends. Yeah. Like he's laughing and running. Sorry, spoiler alert. And then, for and then it ends. And, and then you it. hear that goofy music. Yeah, yeah. That's the goofy movie. Yeah, the movie music does take you out of it. But yeah, he's laughing around and it ends. You're like, oh, that's the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> I guess that's how it ends. Notably, uh, Joseph Zito, who was the director of Friday the 13th Part 4, uh, he'd actually directed The Prowler. So uh, I never paid attention to that well, until recently. there you recently, go. So, so now you know why it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually learned that on Crystal Lake Memories, which Ooh. I watched on Shutter recently. Yeah, I know. I have to watch that, but it's like eight hours long. Maybe yeah, I did like one segment a night for like a week and a half. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it while I'm editing. I think Ooh. I've seen parts of it before on YouTube. But yeah, I had to. I didn't thing. go through. I I think I got through like part five or six, and I was just like, okay, that's enough. This is the kind of where the series went downhill. So I, did, I didn't really watch the rest. I did but watch. It was, it was good. I did watch uh, not on Shutter, but I did watch the whole Nightmare on Elm Street one before though. Yeah, the same whole, here. Like six hours of that. That was. They used to be on Netflix. I yeah, think. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, Actually, I watched really that all in one afternoon. Yeah, so did I. Uh, I watched one sitting. Both so good. I consumed it. It was amazing. Same people, I believe, were behind both of those. Yes, they are. But but the one the. Uh, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street one was, I consumed that like boom but oh yeah I've said it before couldn't, Halloween's couldn't my favorite horror movie my favorite franchise is Nightmare on Elm Street I've right. always said that so that's why I consumed that one like easily right uh, so another slasher movie kind of like a half slasher half monster movie I guess that came out in 1981 another one I didn't like the first time I watched it and uh, it's grown on me over the years because of how it looks because of its atmosphere because of its era The Funhouse Oh, you didn't like Funhouse? Not the first time. I was expecting it to be <sighs> an actual slasher movie, and then <laughs> you find out it's more of a creature feature. Kind of threw me for a loop, and it wasn't what I expected, nor what I was in the mood for at that moment. So it kind of took away from it. And when I kind of took a breather from it and went back and watched it again, and then again, and then again, it just grew on me more and more. But I think that's why I liked it so much, because you try. I, I painted it in a box. Of like, okay, here comes another slasher film from the 1980s. And then as you watch the movie, about halfway through the movie, give or take, is when you learn that things are not what they seem to be. Right. Like the killer is spoiler. Once again, I don't know how 1981 is a spoiler alert, but we'll just say a spoiler alert. The killer is a monster, if you, uh, in a way. Yeah. I can't explain. Because I can't really explain what the killer technically is. It's, it looks like it's almost like two heads that yeah. are like 
together or something. I don't know. It's hard it to explain. It almost looks like a conjoined. It's like a, it's like a mutated conjoined kind of just monster. White big, hair, fangs, big kind of monster. Yeah, it's snarling all over the place. Snarling, long, slobbering, like needle-like fingernails. I mean, it was. It's it's yeah, it's pretty gnarly. That's why I said I can't tell you what it is because it it's it's hard. To, we just described it. That's the best way to yeah. go. Uh, it's gnarly, but anyways, you find out about halfway through the film that it's not a slasher, right? In a way, but it's still when you watch the movie, I have an appreciation for it because it's still a slasher film. In my it estimation, is. I like the fact that it's different because even later on, there's not many of these movies where it was it became like a crossover, right? Like a slasher film usually sticks with slasher, so I was happy to see a slasher film that. They made the crossover to do both because it's still a slasher film at the end of the day even after you find out that this creature is running amok and it's a creature and more of a creature feature it still feels like a slasher film because it's still stalking and murdering things yeah like it's not like it's not your normal creature feature like when we were watching boar if you will right boar is your normal creature feature well, yeah. you know the you know the animals around but it has the a sympathetic side to it too because it's abused and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know by the its fun house's, father yeah, or whatever yeah. well I, we don't know if it's his father, it's, <laughs> his well, caretaker, it, it, well, the, the, his it's, buddy. It's, 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 the, it's the creature's father in the way that the creature looks at it as a father. I don't know if it's biologically the creature's yeah. father. They don't really say. No, but it's really good. Uh, directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, of course. The, the legend himself. The late Toby Hooper. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I already got a couple more on the list here. This is kind of where we're getting to like the, the main event here, the big ones that came oh, out in 1981. Uh, we got The Evil Dead. Evil Dead, amazing. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, and I can't. I, I mean, I can't say enough good about the Evil Dead. I'm a huge fan of Evil Dead. Uh, Sam Raimi's a genius. Uh, I love the movie. As campy as this movie is, I still love it. The difference. I love Evil Dead too, as well, but for different reasons. Evil Dead 2 is when where I was talking about before the American Werewolf in London may have created horror comedy. I think Evil Dead 2 perfected horror comedy. And I think that's where pretty much everybody went after that. Kind of the same way of uh, uh, Friday the 13th. It kind of sparked that, you know, ignited a, a trend. But the original, when you go back and watch it, yes, things are tongue-in-cheek. And yes, the makeup is a little shoddy because budget is super, super low. However, the original one has a very terrifying atmosphere. Oh, and it is yeah. a very scary. It's a, it, when I, I think it's funny when people get taken out of it by the elements of how things look because of the budgeting. I think you have to look at this movie as a story and as an atmosphere. As a story, as an atmosphere, as, a, as, as feeling menaced as you do in that movie. I think this movie is... I th- I've always thought it was a really good, terrifying movie. You know what? The first time I saw this movie, it... It threw me for a loop because I was kind of at this point where I was still, this was probably a little over 10 years ago I saw it, and I was still kind of catching up on horror movies that I hadn't seen because I was so afraid of them when I was younger. And uh, Luke, of all people, actually let me borrow this and Evil Dead 2, um, and I watched them back to back. And when I watched this movie, it scared me to death absolutely scared me it was one of the most horrifying things that i've ever seen and you know now i'm so just kind of immune to the horror movies you know when you see them i'm just i'm so desensitized to them i watch this movie if i haven't seen it in in years and i go back and watch it the one scene that gets me more than anything is after his sister is essentially raped in the woods by the trees and she's back in the house and she's there i don't she's kind of sitting in the corner or something i don't know if she was sketching or what but there's uh, the other two more people are across the room and they're playing some game trying to guess what 
card from a card of deck, a deck of cards. You know what it is and this and that. The ones lifting it up. I think it's this. Uh, no, no, it's not that. Uh, how about this? No, it's not that. And you know, the, one of them lifts up the card, and you hear the sister with this demonic voice from across the room. Queen of Spades, Jack of Hearts, you know, and just spins around and she's a demon. It happened out of nowhere. She pounces up in the air. She's levitating. She's got that demonic face. I'm getting chills thinking about that. That scene is one of the most horrifying scenes in any horror movie I've ever seen. It threw me for a loop. I didn't see it coming and it just terrifies me. That set the mood for the rest of that movie because that's when the horror begins. Oh, I I agree. Like I said, I don't think it gets. I think people focus too much on the campiness of the makeup effects in the movie. The the people who aren't fans, I should. The people that aren't horror movie fans don't get that. The people who aren't fan fans of, especially of the series. These people had no money. They were a theater group. Oh yeah, in in college that put this movie together. It was before Bruce Campbell and and, it launched the career of Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that's what we should really be thinking. And 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 No, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, Bruce Campbell, man. Yeah. National treasure. Oh, he's a national treasure, all right. National treasure. The chin. Oh, absolutely. So check out Evil Dead if you haven't seen it. But, you know, understand, if you're a horror fan, understand what it was. Understand it was 1981. It was low budget. And, you know, appreciate it for what it was. Oh, absolutely. It was. It's a great movie. It's amazing. It's, once again, staple. Staple oh, yeah. movie. Staple movie. If you've never seen Evil Dead, you need to see Evil Dead. Yeah. Absolutely. Staple. Uh, second to last on the list here, and this is really no particular order, you know, down the stretch. I don't know the one's better than the other, but, uh, you know, you mentioned how a year earlier we got Friday the 13th. Well, it, in 1981, we got Friday the 13th Part 2, which is my I, my personal favorite sequel in the series. It's got my favorite kill. Which one? The That would be the uh, hatch to the face or the, the machete to the face wheelchair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another scene that the first time I saw that movie... I fell off my couch, I think, you know, watching that because it scared me so much because I didn't see it coming. Listen, man, I love the machete. I said hatchet. It's a machete. Machete to the face. Wheelchair goes down the stairs. I know I'm chuckling now, but when I first saw that, I was like, I can't believe it. The first time I saw it, my, my reaction wasn't horror or anything. I was I'm taken aback. I'm like, I can't believe they would do that. Yeah, like, I can't believe that was the scene. And then you look at how hard that scene would be to recreate even today, and you're like, "Damn, that's a great scene." Well, you know, when I was watching the documentary, uh, you know, over the past week, one of the things that they mentioned in this, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I maybe I interpreted what they were saying wrong, but that wheelchair when it's going backwards down the steps, which is equally as iconic as, as the hatchet or the, excuse oh, me, no, the yeah, machete yeah, yeah. in the face. Well, both you got me saying hatchet. They're, they're, they're both they're both epic, right? But. Something about him going down there—that was a real person. That that thing was on a track. That was a—it wasn't a dummy going yeah, down yeah. there. That was a, that was—I don't know if it was the actor or a stunt man. I but think it was a stunt man, but it, it was yeah, it was a real person. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know. I thought it was yeah, a dummy. Man, you gotta love it. Like that—that that movie was great. Now, mind you, I love Tom Savini. We've 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 established this. This movie, to me, in in a lot of ways, looked a lot better than the original. Yeah, and he as wasn't involved. As, and in he this. wasn't involved. That's what I'm saying. I love. That's why I was, I was prefacing it. I love Tom Savini. He was not the makeup person on this because he did the burning, right? As we already talked about, which eh, it was. It was good kills. It looked great. You know, good job because he does an amazing job. But this movie, unlike three, which became, I, I really didn't like part threes. The kills and stuff looked too fake. I know yeah. a lot of it was because of the three D effects, effect. yeah. but still, it, it still looked too fake. This movie was great. The, 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 the special effects in this movie are amazing. The movie magic's amazing in this movie. I've always loved... This is... I agree with you. I, I think this is one of my favorite. I, I don't know if it's... I My favorite in the series, as we all know, as unpopular as people like to think, is my favorite is number five. 
I've always mm. said that. And a lot of people hate number five because it's not Jason. I don't give a shit. It's yeah. a great movie. Go back and watch it. Watch it with a non-critical lens and tell me this is not one of the better it movies. It grew in the on series. me. It grew it's on me. It's an amazing movie. It's, 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 it's one of the best slasher movies, period. It is. I think what people don't like about it, one, the Jason technically wasn't in it. Two, it was very sleazy, but it was so mean-spirited. Oh, it's the most mean-spirited of all of them. There's all of them not, combined. I, I, I will point this out to you. There is not a single solitary other, and I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there in the years, but there's not a single solitary Friday the 13th or any other movie that is as mean-spirited as number five. That movie is just brutal and vicious the entire damn time. Yes, and it's there is very a lot sleazy. of people, it's very sleazy, but at the same time, that goes along with being very brutal. Oh, yeah. And this movie, that movie has probably the most brutal kills out of any of, yeah. the, of the movies. However, where I went off that thing is because number two is close behind it as far as the kills being brutal. The oh, kills yeah. in this movie are are brutal. It's just not as mean-spirited, but it's brutal. Let's not forget, too, that it has possibly the best final girl. In, you know, everybody, I think, would, would, would like to say that Laurie Strode is the best final girl of all time, but Amy steals Ginny? What a, what, how great was she as a final girl? I mean, uh, she might have been the best one in the whole series. She, uh, I definitely think she's the best one in the Friday series. For That's sure. what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, toss up one for the- me, final girls wise, toss up for, for me between her and Heather Lane camp. Yeah. Because, uh, but there's no, there it's one A and one B there. I think they were both like very good. Cause you feel anytime you feel for the person who's the final girl, like feel feel for them. That's amazing, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, the one thing about Laurie Strode, Laurie Strode in or Jamie Lee Curtis in particular, is amazing at what she does. But that women and the the fact that like the empowering part of her, like you believe almost that she's a superhero as much as yeah, like, like these girls have flaws. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like, I get like, what you're saying. Like, like, like the Laurie Strode character to me doesn't feel like she has flaws. That's why when when people were like the new one, when one of the bashing parts was the women empowering thing, I'm like, it's always been that way. Go back and watch Halloween and Halloween Two. Like, it's a very woman empowering movie. Laurie Strode's not a stupid girl. She's very. She is yeah. a smart girl. And not only that, she does. She she defends. Like, she doesn't just survive. She beats off. Like, well, that sounded bad. But <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I meant. Uh, but she, you know, she actually takes the fight to him a, a few different times. Mind you, he's the aggressor, and she's and she's not the she's she's the defender. She never is the aggressor, but she actually does take the fight to him. I mean, she she wounds the the actor. You don't see that often. Uh, the closest you get to it would be Heather Lane Camp at the end of Friday, at the at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, when she takes the she brings Freddie back and takes the fight to Freddie. But usually you have to push there. You know what I mean? Usually, right. usually they the, the like there's a vulnerability. I never really felt, and this is just me. I've never really felt that Laurie Strode had that vulnerability where I didn't think like, man, she could survive. Like these, like in these other movies, I felt like they could the other girls, they could, the girls could die. Now, see, I feel the the opposite of that. I I feel like Laurie was just more, you know, she was she was smart, she was intelligent, and she was protecting the kids that she was babysitting. But I felt like it was more she kind of just got lucky the sequel Halloween 2 she doesn't really do much she's just no, kind of mousy no, and just well, out of it all, the whole movie she's, all, she's a little drugged up yeah. for the movie I mean I, I didn't really feel like the Lori character was this big empowering you know tough you know heroine in these movies until Halloween H2O when she actually mm. takes it to Michael, she goes after well, him and hunts the, him. She becomes the aggressor, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the other ones, when I, the difference is she wasn't necessarily, like, 
I guess it maybe is just protecting the kids, but she wasn't necessarily running either. Like in these in the movies, we're, we're talking about Amy Steele does a good jo- job of running. I mean, when it in comes time, to the suspense, when it, when it comes time, she does you know take it to him. You know, right. comes up with a creative way. You know, with a sweater, etc., which is amazing. The same thing with Heather Lane Camp in Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, when it comes time, she takes the fight to him. Right. But for a good portion of the movie, it's mostly about survival. Whereas with the Lori with Lori Strode, think about it, she has opportunity to leave the house. Instead, she makes sure the kids get out True. and kind of distracts. So that's why I always thought it was more empowering because she takes charge and sac and is willing to sacrifice of herself to save the children. Right. So maybe it is just the maternal thing. Maybe that's why it's maybe it's not like a ton of courageous because that's where it is. But I think that that's where it separates them because the other two are scared until their backs against the wall, and then when their backs against the wall, they do what makes them. The final girl and they they win right i don't know yeah jimmy jenny field you know in the little shack you know yeah. she puts on exactly jason's That's mother's shirt the only thing with that though is like how did she know to do that she barely knew anything about Jason. That's it's not like she studied part. up on him. There was no that's, internet. Well, not only like <laughs> that, you know, yeah, but that's the weird part. She just kind of talks about it in a bar after she hears a story around a campfire earlier in the movie. And then she's like, Jason, it's mother. Like, how yeah. does she know that? Yeah, how did she know, know that it was Jason's mother? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, that well, was one of the things I didn't get. About plot. I, let's not talk about the, 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 the plot breakers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more into go. that in September when I plan on doing a whole... Let's just talk about... Let's whole, just... The conversation about the Friday the 13th series. That's fine. But let's just talk about... How great that movie was. So we'll end with the, how great part two was. Part two was an amazing movie. Yeah, I, up until I went and watched. Who's my favorite kill? Yeah, up until I always kind of put one and two, like one and two. Uh, but I, I a lot of times thought that, that Friday the 13th part two was actually better than its predecessor because um, it was actually a scarier movie to me but then you know i went and visited the camp a couple of times where they filmed the original friday the 13th and it kind of yeah you know i've been there and i love both movies i think being there kind of puts me over the top with that one again i think that they're very much equal with each other a lot of people feel like four or six are the better two movies but i one and two neck and neck for me like so. I said, I, my favorite is five, but I think two is the better movie. Yeah, but five, I, I like I said, I'm a slasher fan, and like I said, go back. We'll 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 get in more in depth with that sometime. I think I've gone in a little bit in depth within the past, but I will get further in depth when we get to that year because I'm telling you, I, I just watched that movie just as a slasher movie, as mean spirited and evil as hell, and it's great. Yeah, that's just my opinion. That's because I'm a fan of. I that agree kind with of you. Movie. I definitely agree with you. All right. uh, one more movie. All right, we got we got one, one more movie from one. 1981, and it would be. The aforementioned Halloween 2. That's right. Same year as uh, the Halloween makes its return. It's the night after. Same Only, night. Well, so yeah, same night, but still yeah, years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later. But it's more from the night he it was, came home. It was, it was the night he came home again. Yeah. I think that was actually the tagline, which is funny because it was it's, more from the night he came home. Is that the tagline? Yeah. I was going to say because it's, it's basically it was like, hey, you know, it's the same night. Yeah, even though she had a bad wig on, because it's, by that point she'd cut her hair off. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, it was three years later. Damn it! We'll just three chalk it up to her laying later. in a hospital bed. That's why it looks so bad. Three years later. Yeah, I mean, there was things that I I don't like about that. Uh, there, there's quite a few things. Most of it being in the hospital. I think just too much of it took place in the hospital. I love that it did take place. They filmed a lot of the same scenes where the original was filmed. They went back to the Myers house. They went back to the Doyle and the Wallace houses. You know, there there were scenes in the same streets that they filmed from the original. And they killed Ben Tramer. And they killed Ben Tramer, which is a running joke with me and a, a, a fan of the show, a guy I work with named Dennis. Uh, we send pictures of Ben Tramer when we get confused at work, when it gets really busy. 
So <laughs> that, that works. You it's, know, he's it, clutching his bag of candy and uh, he's walking across the street and boom. And that's it. Then it hits. That's it. Ben so. Chambers dead. Uh, I <laughs> I might be in the minority in this, but I was not <laughs> upset that they erased this from the continuity. <laughs> and the reason why is because as much as I love the original, it's not that I hate this movie. It's watchable. It is a watchable movie. But I just don't. I don't like this movie as much as the original. It didn't hit me the same way. And there was a lot of what you were talking about before, atmosphere and suspense. There's a lot of that that is just gone. Now, with that being said, there is a couple of really cool, really good kill scenes. The hot tub being one of them. Oh, yeah. That's a phenomenal kill scene. Uh, but I just didn't. I'm not. A, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of the movie as a whole. Yeah, I think it's a good companion piece to the original considering they're supposed to take place the part same one, night um, and also because they were filmed in similar locations. Um, so it's a good companion piece. It to me feels like it does take place the same same night. Um, you know, just despite me. despite continuity errors. Yeah. Because Michael Myers, the mask doesn't even look the same. Well, it's actually the exact same mask. But it, but it, but they didn't take care of it, so that's why well, it, it wasn't taken care of. And Dick Warlock, who played him in the second movie, had a head that was about five times wider. He had like a Stewie from Family Guy head, and uh, Nick Castle had a very thin head. So <laughs> that yeah, had a lot yeah. to do with it. But also, they, they 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 admit in the documentary, if you've ever seen the Halloween documentary, they they do admit that they didn't necessarily think there was going to be a second one originally. Right. So they didn't take care of the mask, and somebody just kind of dug it out and found it, and they're like, uh, let's just kind of try to paint it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too that I've noticed with it over the years, because I've always kind of looked at this like, there's no way that's the same mask, but it is. A lot of it was the lighting. Rick Rosenthal did not have the same lighting techniques that John Carpenter did as a director. And um, there are certain scenes where he's in the dark, like the scene after uh, the nurse walks in to get Dr. Mixter and Michael, the, the light slowly comes on kind of like it did at the end uh, of Halloween where Lori sees that her friends are killed, walks out into a hallway and Michael's face just kind of lights up in the dark room behind her. They, they use a similar technique in Halloween too when the nurse goes in to get Dr. Mixter and finds him dead. Um, the light comes on him again and it looked like the same mask at that point but it was a much brighter movie it takes place inside of a hospital with lights on and stuff i actually do like the atmosphere in the movie i think a lot of it had to do with its era because i just like the look of the movies from that era but um but yeah they're, they're, i think that the lighting had a lot to do with that yeah. too i'm just saying like i said it's a watchable movie i will watch it I'm just not as big of a fan as the original. Yeah. Maybe oh, I'm it, not either. Maybe it's the hangover from having a masterpiece. Yeah. Because once you have the masterpiece, it's hard to recreate the masterpiece. And they never really hit that masterpiece again. And mind you, I am a fan of even some of the shittier movies in that franchise. Yeah. Because I do like four and five, which aren't the greatest of movies. They're good slasher films. But oh, I not think four is fantastic. Well, I'm, once again, they're not great movies. They are good slasher movies. They're just not great movies, but I enjoy them. Uh, six, eh, nah, not so much. <laughs> I think Halloween H2O was good. I think what they dropped the ball on Resurrection was, was kind of... Eh. Oh, Resurrection. I like the opening scene. A lot of people even disagree with that, but I do like the opening scene where Laurie fights him, kind of lures him into the hospital, but there's a lot of logic issues with it. And, and his uh, black lips. Yeah. That was weird that Michael Well, that Myers was later has, in the movie. Well, yeah, but it's weird that Michael Myers adapts like black lipstick somewhere. But that was that was uh, Freddy. He goes, he goes emo. Yeah, that was that was when what's his name had the mask on that the lips 
kind of turn black on the mask. Right, Eve, but if you look during the mask, I think they, they mixed up the mask a couple times. No, they may like, have. The lips were prominent even when it's Michael... It's such a horrible movie, it's like, hard they to weren't, They weren't black black on, on Michael, but the lips were prominent, which right. is weird, because you're just like, that doesn't look right with that mask. Yeah. Just I mean, personally. H2O has a special place in my heart just because it was actually the first one that I saw. I was still just getting into horror movies at the time that that came out in 1998. The same girlfriend of mine that a couple years earlier had me go see Scream with her, which was the first one I ever saw in theaters, and it terrified me at the time um she made me go see that so that was actually the first one i saw and then i watched them out of order a little bit but um halloween h2o i still think is a good movie they screwed up the masks i don't like that they took the movie out of haddonfield but i get why they did the biggest mistakes that they made with that movie was one scrapping the whole jamie lloyd storyline from the previous three movies more from four and five because they screwed that up in part six big time but um, I didn't like that they scrapped that. And the movie's only like an hour and 15 minutes, hour 20 minutes long. It should have been an hour and 45 minutes long. There should have been another half hour to that movie. I more like story H2O. and it would have been a better, it would have been an even better movie. I was a fan of H2O. I'm a huge fan of it. Big, I, just, big uh, fan I, of I wasn't a fan of Resurrection. Then. No, that's a horrible movie. And uh, definitely not six. Yeah, six was bad. Five had, there was things I liked about five because it, See, it took place in five. the same town as the deal, fourth one. I can deal with five. Yeah, five's decent. Yeah. But six is not good. Yeah, it was the whole Tina character in Part 5 that was horrible. Tina! And the mask, the mask that was used, and all of a sudden Michael Myers is a foot taller than he's ever been. And just there, there was things about that. It can't be the, the cops, with, you know, like the sound effects. <laughs> Every time they came into view, they tried to make it funnier, and it really didn't work. The Myers house is all of a sudden this big castle. Like, there was just, there was parts about it that I didn't like, but I did like that they filmed that in the same area that they filmed for. I like that there were some of the same characters in it, although they, they really screwed up with the uh, Rachel Carruthers character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But 4, I think, tells a great story. In, in a way, I think that the fourth one tells a better story than any of the other movies in the in the entire series. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of that. Well, but 2, eh. yeah. We, well, you know what? We gave the fans a little extra today. They dive, We went deep dive, so we gave a little extra. There was a lot to talk there about. There was a lot to talk about, but 1981, great year of horror. Check out some of those movies. We even give you a little extra tips in the future because uh, we're nice guys. That's why. So with that, it's it's time to pretty much wrap this up. Before I got to see the, some uh, get a little bit of the stuff out of the way. Of course, find us on. Uh, we want to hear from you. Let us know if you've seen some of those movies from 1981, how you felt about them, or anything else we talked about. Because we always want to conversate with you guys. Because we like hearing from you. You can do that by uh, contacting us on Facebook, Horror Zone 607 on Facebook. If you don't, if you already like the page, that's awesome. If you don't, please like the page. Also, if uh, you wouldn't mind, rate, review, and share, so that way we can uh, get out there and uh, get more people to listen to Horror Zone 607. Because that's our goal ultimately. Uh, number two uh, is we are also on uh, Twitter, so follow us on Twitter at HorrorZone607. And for all the social medias, use the hashtag HZ607 so you we know you're talking to us because we always like that as well. Also, uh, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. If you're listening to this, that's uh, that's obvious, but you can tell people that. Or if they prefer, you can go to 8122productions.com where you can stream and download all of our stuff and everything else we do here at 8122productions. Also, you can check out Mike's reviews because he's got a few of them up there and more to come and they're pretty awesome and uh, some other little uh, treats there as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we have to talk about. Uh, Shirts. 
We have the new logo, and we're going to be doing shirts and other uh, stuff soon. Uh, if you want to help support us and you want to get a cool-ass shirt, in my opinion, because I think it looks super cool, uh, we when they are uh, we're getting in the process of getting uh, them finalized to be done, when they are ready to sell, I'll tell you what, we'll give you the connect, and uh, you can help support us that way. And also, on top of that, get a really cool shirt, because I really like that shirt. I dig it, too. The logo is awesome. I'm digging it. So thanks to my wife for the wallet logo. So I got to give her a shout out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so th- that's going to be coming amongst other things. They'll be coming here from Horror Zone 607. We're so excited to bring them to you once again. Thanks to uh, shout out the robots for providing the music. And if you have earned the live in the 607 and you hear this before July 20th, Saturday, July 20th, shout out the robots and floodlands who both support us and we support them are playing at Callahan's on Main Street in Binghamton. Check it out. Five dollar donation at the door. And I guess they're donating the money. Sounds good good stuff. So uh, that's all I got this week, Mike. All right, and that's the show for this week. Uh, I also just once again this week want to thank say a special thank you to uh, Ken M from Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, the ODPH. Thanks for getting our name out there on Twitter and helping us get so many more new followers. Uh, and thanks for all you guys that are that are following us now and listening to the show out there. We got I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we got a lot of new listeners from these other podcasts out there. So uh, we do plan on making a list and doing some on-air shout-outs to you guys in the future. So uh, stay tuned for that. You'll hear your name on here, and we want to get you out there. And we appreciate those of you that have done that for us so far but uh we want to thank those of you that are listening to the show week in and week out we appreciate every time you you download the show and listen to it and we will be back in the studio with more of the biggest horror movie news and talking a whole lot of horror next week thanks for listening <laughs>